What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers and a... I just hit my mic. Let's do that again. Three Brothers and a Mic Hitter. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're talking superheroes, movies, TV, video games, anime, action figures, comic books, and more. We got Jack Walker Pearson, Richard Wilson, Christopher St. Victor. I forgot myself. I'm Lauren St. Victor. What's going on? How is your week? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you playing? What's up? I better start because this could bring the whole group apart. Oh. I didn't watch anything this week. It's nothing worth watching. But oh, wait, I ooh. have been reading. <laughs> okay. And depending on who's caught up with this, they may be booted off the group. One, I'll say it's reading continuing about it. with the Batman series. Uh, it's up to Batman 129. And it's fantastic. Is yes, that a variant cover? Yes, it's a variant cover. He's in the costume from, I believe it's the 1958 comic book where he's uh, pulled into an alternate dimension by an alternate version of himself and asked to save the world. Anyways, this comic's great. Uh, They've all been pretty great since 125. And Chris, I feel like as the Batman aficionado who's, ladies and gentlemen, literally wearing a Batman shirt right now as I talk to him about this, if you haven't started this series, <laughs> yes, and his pecs are flamboyantly perfect tonight. Um, they really are. <laughs> what are you doing? The other thing I'm reading Drugs. this week is another Batman comic. This is Batman the Joker, the Deadly Duo, and it's also pretty darn good. Okay. Hmm. Yes. Is it um, Elseworlds? Is, is, it, is it its own thing? Is it Black it's Label? A- it's it's kind of like a a one off. It's a black label, yes. Okay. Black I'm down label. for that. Nice. Um, down for that, but not privy to it. See, this is you're on thin are, ice. Are man. you the Batman guy, Chris? I, I am the Batman guy. I am. Yeah, this is the one that's going to prove it. Because the other thing I'm reading is Riddler Year One, the comic book based hmm. off of Paul Dano's character notes. That he took to the director of the film at the time and said, hey, man, I want to make sure I'm on track for what we think is going on with the character. The director of the film, the Batman, Chris, your favorite movie, saw Dano's notes, went directly to uh, Jim Lee and said, Jim, I think this should be a thing. Jim Lee looked at the notes, called Dano directly and said, hey, you want to write this thing? Really? Yes. So what are you doing with your life if you're not reading The Riddler Year One? It's a prequel to the <laughs> Batman movie. I I was going to wait for it to come out in graphic novel form, but I might just have to just jump in right now. I was going to wait for the collection to come out. Whatever There's probably only six of them. Right. You know? but, I'm, but I don't want to wait a year. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting that. I'm getting that. What am I doing with my life? That's I don't, Chris, I don't know. no one knows. Well, no. why don't we just start with what have you been doing with your week? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I haven't been reading or watching much. The most significant thing I watched was Dave Chappelle on Saturday Night Live, which was like Chappelle's show season three, which <laughs> was awesome. And I got to a bunch of huge, I got to a, a huge argument with people on Reddit about it, which we'll just leave it there like that. So we don't get canceled, but (laughs) (laughs) and then um what else? And then uh yeah, I've been back, I've been printing hard, 3D printing hard. Um Mm. yeah, so I've been doing that. We've been doing a lot of Pokemon prints because Sebastian's all about Pokemon now. So a lot of Pokemon cards and accessories and back to the G.I. Joe prints too. 
I've been getting into the. I'm making a a vamp like the GI Joe truck. I'm building that now. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Making oh, no. vehicles. Vehicles. Actual actual vehicles. Yeah, back into printing hard. So Sick, I got a man. bunch of new filament in this week. So that's kind of been my week, and I'm just, just been slammed with work. So yeah, dude, that's sick. That's sick. Rich. Mm. Yes. How was your week, man? It was all right. It's working. It's a lot of work. You all right? You all right there, Rich? Huh? Yeah, I'm you good. Okay? I'm there. Just tired. Yeah. Um, what I've been watching? Y'all watch reboot? Oh, you talked really? about it. I think you talked about it before. No, did I? They rebooted. The name sounds familiar. I feel the like it's come the, up. The original? Yeah. No, not the original. Oh, well, no, no, wait. it's not the it's not the cartoon animated thing. Oh. It's an actual show reboot with um what's uh guy from uh, Kim Peel I believe Peel right that's the bald one oh it's the joint like where they go back and make the TV show yeah I, okay 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 watch watch an episode of that it was uh, it was all right I guess you know I don't know um I that went and watched sound very... <laughs> I, I mean it's all right I wasn't I really wasn't paying too much attention to it, it, it I wasn't laughing as much but hmm. um why were you not laughing because it was on Hulu. Is that why? No. Wow. Shut your mouth, all right? Most of my watching, I've been doing this on Hulu, sir. Okay? <laughs> uh, I went back and watched Dawn of the Dead. Um, still still got my heart. Yeah. Um, Night of the Living Dead. The Not yeah. the not the black and white one, but the, the one with Tony Todd in it. The, the remake. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, that was really it. There was a movie I watched, but it wasn't interesting, so I forgot about it. And that's my week. Fair, Lawrence. Uh, my week, man. I, 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 it was a lot of work, so I didn't really do anything fun. So, since I didn't want to commit to anything, I just binge watched Love is Blind on Netflix. Oh, oh I watched the first there. season, huh? I watched the first season, I didn't see season two or season three. I'm on right. season three. I watched the first season as well. It, it, <laughs> Rich, are you watching it too? <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm not caught up to it. I'm not caught. There are new people in it, I don't even know who these people are. Um, my my girl, she she's into it. Like we were, it was a, it was one of those pandemic watches, you know. It yeah. was a pandemic watch. Yeah. Now I was not gonna do anything, and my sister is like, "You got to jump into season three. And honestly, season three to me was kind of a letdown until mm-hmm. like the last three episodes. Now I'm on the edge of my seat. Like I'm I'm, I'm yeah, rivet riveting. I heard riveted. it's a train wreck this season. <sighs> Just did ja- Jacqueline, did you finish the series? My, my sister said, yes, she did. She also watched the reunion, and she's following them on TikTok to see what the tea is. <laughs> Do tell, Jack. Do tell. Wait, wait. Uh, I watched one one thing from one episode, and I do have a question about wait, the post Wait, Jack, you too? You oh. too? <laughs> oh, we all are. So much macho nonsense. And the who are out. you watching this with, Jack? I want to know. <laughs> Jack, your audio just dropped out for me. How about you guys? Yeah, yeah same, yeah. same. Better? Yep. Yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank goodness that cut out. Yeah. <laughs> that was protecting your masculinity right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, moving on. What else? <laughs> moving on. That's it, man. Love is blind and um, toy hunting. Ooh. Don't got nothing right now. Just Aww. doing some toy hunting. I'm going to tell you right now. As you can see from my videos, they're in the middle. Of, oh wait, I have a new video I have to drop that I'm going to send. I'm going to send to Lawrence tomorrow. But uh, they're starting to do. They're starting to reset the stores, and more toys are coming out. You'll mm-hmm. see in the video. If you guys don't watch our YouTube channel, 
watch our YouTube. Bash and I go, my son and I go toy hunting. And um, it's a good video, except that some guy stops and walks in the middle of the video and asks me if I know about whistles, which is... Wow. Hey, spoiler alert. Also, I'll tell you what's interesting about that spoiler, though. Because we're recording this in the present, but it drops in the future, which will be the past for when the YouTube video drops, if you drop that tomorrow. then it's not a spoiler at all. No, wow. it's not. Wow. Now that's a paradox, Jack. Yes. <laughs> Chris, I got a question for you, man. Oh, what's that, Lawrence? I got a question for you. Why can Black Panther beat Batman in a fight? Why can Black Panther beat Batman in a fight? Because Black Panther is better. Yeah. I just there wait. I didn't know you were gonna co-sign on that. I I, I did that to set you up. Look, yeah, but come on, awesome. man! I can't go against the home team, brother. You know how that goes, <laughs> guys. I literally came up with that joke just so Chris would have to suffer through Batman being beat with all the. Nope. Prep time you thought you were gonna get finger guns, and then it went gun, gun, black fist, baby. Brother, there it is. Yeah. Wow. What am I gonna say to that? I guess nothing. Wow, <laughs> that backfired in my favor. <laughs> He's <laughs> not getting involved in that conversation. Well, let's move on to the next one. Let's go down the street, make a left of the stop sign, or right at the light, and we'll be at the collector's corner. It's show and tell time. Here at the collector's corner, we take something off our toy shelf, something out of our video game case, something out of our comic book shelf, and we present it to the world. It can be worth millions of dollars or just sentimental. Don't think about it too hard, Jack. Like. I guess I'll let that go. Let it slide. What do you guys got? Can I go uh, first? Yeah, I want to go first. Why don't you never go, go, first. First. go first? So we'll get to the news. But as as of um, the it's week time of November, for... I'm oh. sorry, Chris. I know I'm just... I, I know. know you're going to do it because I'm doing the same exact thing you're going to do. But go ahead. I know. Go ahead. As of the week of the 11th, Kevin Conroy, who voiced Batman and Batman the Animated Series, passed away. So from my collector's corner, I'm showing you guys my... Volume four of Batman the Animated Series, which was also titled like uh, The New Batman Adventures. Um, it's the sequel series to the original Batman the Animated Series. And I love this one. I actually don't even own the Batman the Animated Series volumes, just this one, because I love I loved seeing the Bat family and I love Batman really in that kind of father figure role. And I mean, Kevin Conroy, the way he portrays Batman and this part of his life is just dope. It's like you hear the father in his voice. So this is my collector's corner. Nice. Yeah, man. Let me follow that up because I have a Ken, Kevin Conroy tribute too. So what I did was I went through a lot of my Batman collection and I pulled all the stuff that was Kevin Conroy adjacent. So here I have my Hot Wheels. Yeah. Batman the MA series car. Dope. I have a bigger scale Batman the MA series car. Ooh, baby. I have even bigger scale <laughs> Batman the Animated Series Batmobile. Better end with you being in the one outside. Like when he goes outside, it's again. Exactly. And then I'm trying to get to my figures. So I'll go quick. So this is Batman uh, from Justice League, which was voiced by Kevin Conroy. This is the Justice Lords Batman, which was the bad guy version of wow. Batman. Yeah. Also voiced by Kevin Conroy. Uh, this is from uh, uh, Batman Superman uh, Apocalypse, which was voiced. It was a comic book, but then it was made into a movie, which was voiced by Kevin Conroy, which is a pretty mm-hmm. bigger DC Direct. 
my Arkham Asylum, my Disease Batman, which is voiced by okay. Kevin Conroy. Well done, Chris. Wow. And my Batman the Animated Series figure, which was obviously, which is the new. Look at the bat sign. The the bat thing. Yep. Uh-huh. Bat sign. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I'm really that's happy funny. I went before you, Chris. <laughs> 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 nice, that's what I got. Man. Nice items. A true Kevin Conroy fan, man. Yep. Jack, what you got? Um, well, because we're talking, uh, and this is not a spoiler because we've seen the trailers, because we're talking Black Panther Wakanda Forever, I'm showing off my Tales of the Astonish starring the Submariner, and this is number one. Wow. Ooh. Jack, can right. I see his ankles in the, in the way it looks? Yeah. See? Just, like, just like it just looks like them. Yeah. You got mm-hmm. little, little wings on the feet. Wait, did you, you question it? Did you doubt the wings? No, I didn't have the wings. I just want to see how close they looked to the actual comic. I knew he yeah. had wings. I just want to see how close it resembled it. We'll we'll get into the review portion, but I mean, pretty pretty awesome live action depiction. If you if you ask my opinion, and the first time we're seeing him in the flesh, so pretty cool. And Submariner has always been a dick, for lack of a better. <laughs> He's always got beef with everybody. Did he, he sue the world using Daredevil? Like sue like the he tried world? to, yeah, yeah. He tried to sue the surface dwellers. Well, Submariner first drop, Namor first appeared in a comic strip in the night in 1939, I believe. So he's pretty. He's one of the older characters actually, and in the comic book world, he was arguably the first anti-hero. Mm. So. Namor, true to fashion, has always had a kind of questionable behavior pattern when it comes to right and wrong. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so there you go. So How much is that worth? Clean, impressed, and graded, sir. Well, if you take a closer w- look, this guy is ripped up. Oh, oh, so yeah. It's, so it's not worth much. It's they'd call this a a read a reader's copy or like a fill copy for someone's collection um, in good condition. It's as much as 7,000 or so And oh. this condition, I don't know, maybe a hundred bucks or so. So it's pretty mm-hmm. beat up this one. Okay. It's not, not super valuable, but certainly a cool one to have in the collection and yeah, just absolutely. iconic. Absolutely. Nice. Well done. For those of you on the podcast, listening to this, you got Submariner in his most classic look, uh, green, green undies, gold uh, bracelets, his gold belt, and he's holding his pseudo trident-looking staff, just in a very heroic pose in the middle of the comic. Sick, that's dope. Check out our podcast, those of you on YouTube, and those of you listening to the podcast, check out our YouTube if you want to see what it looks like. <laughs> if you want to yep. see it, you want to see Rich. What, like. what yes. you got, man? Nothing special. You know, I just got a pop in a in a in in recognition of Wakanda Forever. I saw this bad boy, and I had like I bu- I bought him before I watched Wakanda Forever. But after seeing him, I'm like, yo, this dude is dope. Like he's my he's probably my favorite now. Mm-hmm. Mbaku. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He killed oh, yeah. it. Oh, so good. Oh. Come on, son. I had to get him. I wish he I wish they got him in, in in another guard. But this is like. Um, the outfit pretty much he wore in there in the uh the um the movie uh it's not that bad i like i like the one with the one that he battled in and also the staff that he used when he battled mm-hmm. um but yeah this one this one's pretty dope 
That's um, sick, man. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna finish up this whole this whole collection. Cause you have Ironheart, right? Yeah, I have Ironheart. Um, and uh, who else did I pick up? I think that was it so far. But I saw them. And I kept passing them up, and Ironheart was the first one that I picked up. And then I saw Mbaku. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going. I'm just going to finish off the whole, just round off the whole collection and uh, call it a day. But yeah, Mbaku, come on, son. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I mean, son. talking I about. Talk talk about a, a character getting a lot more love in a movie. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, the yeah. second he steps on screen, it doesn't matter what he's saying. It's like yeah, he, he has some great, just some great zingers too. And his cadence, it's like he he plays. We'll get into the review, but even in the first movie, he plays levity, but is still grounded in super masculine and menacing all at the same time. Yeah, but he's right. still like fun. He yeah, he's just like cook, cook, cock. When he does that, this, this, oh. yeah. <laughs> you know he's watching Love Is Blind. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah. um, awesome picks, guys. Awesome picks. You're rich. Yeah, let's talk some anime. It's time for Anime Alley with Richard Wilson. Hey, listen. Let's talk about fairy tales. All right, let's just get right into the fairy tales. Let's I'm go. not even gonna let you do the introduction because I know what you're gonna do. I see, I know you. I see you already. Okay. You talking about me? Yeah, we talking about you. We talking me about you. You in the alley? Right. In the back alley? Let's see, there it is. Fantastic. Let's just fairy tale. Jacqueline's yeah. laughing. Yeah. She like she likes yeah. that back alley. I don't. Anime I don't. Yeah. Wow. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. she's laughing right now so yes let's go to the kingdom of fairy 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 yeah f-i-o-r-e fairy right that's how you spell it could be anyway um natsu dragneel um that's the that's our main guy he is a what are you talking about natsu that's his name Oh, oh, right. Sorry. Not so dragging it. What are you, what are you talking about? How like, you get out of my segment. This is right. <laughs> why Dark Alley Jack, not yours. Anyway, my man is endowed with the powers of a dragon. Um, he is a, what do you call it? A dragon slayer wizard from fairy tale. Uh, he's been, he was raised by a dragon who has, he has not seen in quite some time, but he, uh, joined up with the guild and p- completes, um, uh, quest and everything like that in favor of the guild and trying to be the strongest guild out there. He has a a pet. I don't want to say a pet. I'll say a companion. It's a flying cat. And mm. yeah, it's a flying cat, you know, talking. And actually you see him in, in a few other um a few other animes. It's pretty dope. Like kind of crossover. You really don't see drag no no. Yeah you see the cat. Yeah yeah yeah. You'll see the cat. In fact, uh, oh, I, I might have talked about it on the IG. There was like a space one, but also with wizards and the cats in that one as well. And then oh. also, if you look closely in one of the episodes, you'll see you'll see Natsu in it. You see Natsu in um, uh, not Ezra. Uh, I believe Wendy is uh, his like, kind of love interest. So the cat's like the Nick. I'm sorry, not Wendy, not Wendy, oh, Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. Yes, the cat is like he, he like crosses over. Mm-hmm. It's oh. interesting. But um yeah, so you got you got Ezra Scarlet who was like the dopest of one of the dopest of the uh of the guild, kind of high high tier wizard. She changes clothes, and with the change of her clothes, you know, changes up the power set and everything like that. But um, you know, they just out here doing things, um, <laughs> trying to be the best guild out here, fighting other guilds, trying to avoid calamities, like any other anime. I recommend. I recommend it's a good watch. It's fun. It's a fun, lighthearted watch. Uh, it gets a little serious. Um, How rich is it? Listen, man. 
We came off a, of a nine last week. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give this one. People probably gonna hate me. I'm gonna give this one. I'm gonna give this one a little bit, a little bit over average. I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay. Okay. Did this come out around like Harry Potter time when everything kind of got real? Um, no, I don't. This I don't is before so. that. Uh, let me see. What, I mean, the movies, Harry Potter movies. The manga came out in 2006, August. Okay, Harry Potter time. Was so. it? Yeah, I mean, it's like a year after the second movie because I think the first one was like 2001, 2002. I wouldn't call it Harry like, Potter. Uh, no, not Harry Potter. Um, but Harry Potter one came out 2001. Harry Potter, um, Goblet two, of Fire, 2002. Goblet of Fire came out too. Well, just because around that time, like even like with Power Rangers, everything went like magic. Like everything kind of jumped on the um the success and that type of thing. So everything got magic related when Harry Potter hit hard. So I I was just wondering if that was also caught up in uh the Harry Potter ether, if you will. Maybe. All right, but you gave it a seven. So that's still kind of a recommendation. Give it a watch. You have a good time. Yeah. It's a it's a good time. I'm like I'm probably not even halfway into it, but uh yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's pretty fun little watch. Okay, I'm with that. I'm with that. Thank you very much, Rich. Guys, I think it's time for some news. It's time for the news. So, Marvel's Black Panther: Wakanda Forever has already grabbed a hundred and eighty million dollars in its box office debut. Yo, yep. So, I mean, that's like numbers. As of this recording, we're recording on Sunday. So this is them just taking in them. This is, they didn't count Sunday yet, as far as we opening weekend yet, and they had 180. And I don't think it came out in China yet. Oh, if it, well, they're saying it may not. I don't know. You know what it is. So it's it's doing doing pretty well, man. Um, what, as what we was said, Black Adam's opening? Do we know? Uh, can somebody look that up? Yeah, I'll check it up right now. Uh, 67 oh, yeah. million was the Black Adam opening weekend. Oh wow! Oh. There's a disparity, big okay. disparity. I mean, Black Panther is. I mean, it's not even a fair comparison. Black Panther, it's already cats. Are, cats have always been popular. <sighs> All right, as we said in the collector's corner, uh, Kevin Conroy uh, passed away. Um, was it a November? I think we found out on the 11th, but I think it's actually on passed Friday, away. yeah. Um, and for those who don't know, he's a prolific actor, prolific voiceover actor. He pretty much designed Batman. <laughs> you know, he was the first actor to give this true distinction between Batman's voice and Bruce Wayne's voice and how smart he was, as well as, you know, the directors and casting directors where it's like his Batman voice was Batman all the time. Bruce Wayne's voice was the obvious disguise. And that's like never been done before in hmm. content. And he did that. He also, in uh, The Crisis of Earths, finally got to play a live-action Bruce Wayne, which is so freaking dope. And um, his voice is iconic. He hit the video games. You know, Chris, um, we do a weekend uh, Batman the Animated Series rewatch. So you guys can check that out on YouTube. Uh, And on this episode, Chris jumped on to just give a really beautiful tribute to Kevin Conroy. So do check that out. He goes over his laundry freaking list. Long, of just, long, long, long list of all the things he's done. He's super dope. He he frames so much of our childhood and he will be missed. And what's so great about him is how many people talk about how at conventions, how sweet and nice he was and how much he was willing to 
to say, I am vengeance, I am the night. He'll go into it for the fans there face to face and record it for them, which was dope. There's so many actors who not just do great work, but also almost become ambassadors for the role. And he's one of them. He's an ambassador for Batman or was. So rest in peace, Kevin Conroy. Creed 3. Sylvester Stallone says it's a regretful situation. The reason why he's not in it. He said, that's a regretful situation because I know what it could have been. It was taken in a direction that is quite different than I would have taken it. Um, He was, I think, asked to be in it and he turned it down. I think he might still be a producer. I'm not sure. So whatever the direction they're going in it, I think he doesn't feel like uh, it works for Rocky, which is interesting. Um, No real comments until I see the movie, but uh, maybe it shouldn't work for Rocky. You know, maybe it's time for Creed to be able to stand on its own. Like it kind of needs to, especially in this third installment, I think. Um, Disney's getting is is developing an Indiana Jones TV series. Didn't they try Um, that? Yes, they had young Indiana Jones. Good memory, Jack. Yeah, and they had it. Now they're doing another one, and I can't see Harrison Ford playing Indy, so I don't know what's going to happen here. Harrison Ford is in a Marvel movie coming up soon, isn't he? Is he General Ross? I think it's a rumor. Has it been confirmed? I think it's still kind of rumor-ish. Well, if rumors get spoken into existence enough, Lawrence, they tend to take hold eventually. So I heard Harrison Ford is coming into a new Marvel movie. I heard Harrison Ford is General Ross. I heard being a Red Hulk, and he's playing it. I mean, if if you're gonna bring freaking General Ross and cat and cast Harrison Ford in it to be in this Thunderbolts joint, then he better be freaking Red Hulk. Like, what would be the point? Right. What right. would be the point? And I heard the three Red Hulk, out of milk. Might as- roll it. Yes. I'm just trying to fan- I'm trying to throw us in there somehow. Well, what I also heard was since he's already <laughs> in bed with Marvel and playing the Red Hulk in the next movie, he's coming back as Indy. Now you're just making stuff up. I was making stuff up at the beginning of it. <laughs> I know, but now now you've gone too far. <laughs> um, that's pretty dope, man. And then we got that John Wick trailer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Gratuitous violence is best. I forget how much I need it yeah. until I see like a new John Wick's coming. And I just need mindless. But it's not mindless, though. The choreography is beautiful and the violence, it it hurts. And I don't know why he's not dead yet. Well, you know, (laughs) John Wick is borderline, if not at this point, has kind of pseudo turned into Fast and the Furious as the way they depict stuff. I mean, there's a scene in the trailer where he's literally, he's, he's like six feet away from the other guy. And they're both shooting at each other and dodging bullets with a sword that's in their other hand. Simultaneously, and I'm like, in real life, Jack. You, this is has been true. Actually, there is a guy who can cut a bullet in half, and if you go on the internet, you'll find a guy cutting a bullet in half, and it is spectacular to watch. But he's not dodging a whole round of bullets. (laughs) That's insane, (laughs) and he's not dodging bullets from six feet away. Let me tell you why this is happening. Because in reality, John Wick is just a simulation for Neo. Well, you could be right. How would you like that? Lawrence Fishburne, because he's already in it. Fishburne's already in it. And it's like, this is all just when one big simulation. Which is also why the last Matrix movie didn't work. Fishburne wasn't in it. He wasn't in it because he's still plugged into this one. Yeah. Uh And then Harrison Ford's going to come out as a Red Hulk. As a Red Hulk. (laughs) That was the news. (laughs) 
<laughs> Guys, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. I'm on a cut and I've been drinking two gallons of water. All right. So guess we'll talk amongst ourselves. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. So tell me how I just piece together this uh, debate like <sighs> I always do. <laughs> Rich, we got to play uh, maybe tomorrow night. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> that nice. Rich, damn. Oh, right. had a <laughs> <laughs> Yo, let me tell you. I, was, I had a roommate, right? And she got a boyfriend, and homeboy came in one day, and I was in my room. My door was open. I was gaming. I was playing right. Call of Duty. And my man came in, it's like, what up, Rich? And I was like in the middle of just like shit talking to these dudes, and I gave him the finger by accident. <laughs> Super <laughs> hostile. Like, I'm like, oh, so much hate. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Chris, cut the crap. It's cut. <laughs> it's time for debate. Let's get ready to go. My wonderful sister threw this debate topic out. I thought it was pretty interesting. If you can take a supervillain from any universe, any genre, and make him an adversary to a superhero from any universe, any genre, who would you like to see paired up with and why? And would that villain win? Or Mm. could that villain win? Mm. Or if you want that villain to win, then how did they win? I got something that's actually out of my norm. But I would like to see Hans Gruber versus Hans Gruber show up and fight Jimmy Olsen. Hans Gruber versus Jimmy Olsen. He shows up to Daily Planet and takes Jimmy Olsen hostage, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. Ridiculous. And his Superman whistle's broken. For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, that is a deep, deep, deep. So you just have to listen to previous podcast episodes. Yeah, like Chris, what do you get? (laughs) All of them. Start with one. Make your way through. Um, I would like to see uh, either Cell or Frieza from Dragon Ball Z show up in the MCU and go after the X Men. And what would happen is the X Men would take them down, you know, relatively easy the first time. And then they would change forms to... Wait, the X-Men would take down Frieza relatively in, easy? In the first form. And then Frieza comes back in either, you know, in one of his final forms and then does wreaks havoc because the X-Men are cocky and they don't realize that this guy is just leveled up to energy levels beyond 9,000. So, <laughs> over 9,000. <laughs> so that's what I would like to see. I think that would be a, a good, uh, a good uh, cross worlds, cross genres uh, interaction. And I think and, and, even though they're different, I think they would fit well with each other because they're essentially aliens, kind of monsters, whatever. And it would kind of fit well within the with you know battling with the X Men. It would kind of slide right into the X Men universe. And the X Men lose right in the at the end. I mean, in the end, and then. And then will be, and then they'll be, you know, all of them will be wiped down. There'll be some like Deuce Ex Machina moment where someone would come in, and do something, and save everything, and everything will magically be back to normal at the end. But Goku would come in because you can't, you can't defeat Frieza without a spirit bomb. That's true. You, you can't beat Cell without a super Kamehameha. Like, who are we That's talking true. about? True Kamehameha. <laughs> Listen. I have no idea what either of you are talking about. You'd be like, 
there it is for those just listening gotta respond well done that's pretty good chris not bad i'm I'm impressed. Well I'm done. Too. I'm the freaking debate genius over here. Too, talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> this guy over here talking about how he's impressed. I'm always dropping gems. Chris thinks <laughs> every, week. every debate, man. <laughs> Jack, what do you got? Um, I got a a, a few honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. So if it's if it's acceptable, I'll start with those. I think. The Riddler would make a great villain to Sherlock Holmes. Wow. Brilliant. Which Riddler, though? Yeah. Well, how about Dano's Riddler? I mean, really anything other than maybe the Adam West type Riddler. No Jim Carrey? That's basically Adam West type Riddler. (laughs) Um, Wait, hold on. We got to unpack that. That was brilliant. That's freaking brilliant, dude. Well, I mean, what is Batman is just versions of all these other iconic detectives throughout time. So yeah. Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes is basically a, a Batman is some equivalent of a Sherlock Holmes, but a lot more violent. And that's usually the version of Batman I like. So it seems like an effortless transition, mm-hmm. right? Which is why mm-hmm. it works so well. Um, that's an honorable mention. Someone like Omni-Man who is a villain, but then has redemption Everyone wants to see him fight Superman, so why not let that happen? You know, their people try to take over, you know, the earth that Superman's from. Give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. And that would just be the slobber knocker of... It would destroy the earth. Yeah, slobber knocker. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Um, Also, honorable mention. uh, Last honorable mention, then I'll get to the one I'd really go for. Parallax. I'd send him against the entire Avengers because they mm. probably need a whole team to be competitive. Mm-hmm. But Parallax. the uh, he, Parallax, Hal Jordan pretty much got possessed. So it was like a, an evil Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. And Green Lantern is, is like one of the most powerful weapons in comics. Like whatever you know, whatever you can do with your imagination. And he yeah, was but, evil. But Parallax wasn't only just an evil Green Lantern. It was basically... You know, the roided up version of it with, I mean, he had freaking 10 rings at one point. Yeah. Well, because he was killing all the Green Lanterns. He was just collecting rings like freaking Michael Jordan in the playoffs. <laughs> so, so Parallax would be would be pretty cool. Um, but if I had to take one villain, and the reason why I, oh, I'm God. ending with this one is because I have a feeling most of us don't know him. Um, I would take the King in Black. Which oh, is one of the sickest villains to drop in the last decade, in my opinion. I'd take the King in Black, who basically took down the entire Marvel universe, and I'd put him in the DC universe and see what happens. I wouldn't even put him against anyone. I'd just put him in the planet. I'd put him in the world. I just, just want to watch him. You know what? Some people want to watch the world burn, guys. Jack is just going to drop dude, this dude. The King in Black is so bad. Like... It's also why I cringe about the idea of him showing up in a movie. It's kind of like the gore thing. Gore was such a good villain, and to see how it eventually played out was like, eh, okay, it's 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 cool to have him in live action, and you know, Christian Bell is awesome. But the King in Black was like taking down the not just a planet. He didn't just take down the planet. He took down. He was taking down the whole universe. 
The mm. galaxy as we know it, the King of Black was just an infection taking over everything. So Justice League, that's not enough. You'd need everyone coming out to f- solve this one. Wow. Hmm. Mr. Superman over here said he's not enough. Well, keep in mind what this symbiote does. It infects you. Mm. So it's mm. like it's a crazy thing. And and you'd have a threshold to try to solve that equation. Like Batman would need more than no prep time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. <laughs> well done, Jack. Well done. Okay. Rich? Listen, we all know about Dr. Doom, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Genius. Masters of the dark arts. Oh, no. That's Doctor Strange. But either way, he's a sorcerer. Or Harry Potter. He's a sorcerer, though. He's still a sorcerer. He still controls magic. So I want to see him. And and arguably, he's probably one of some some of the most one of the most uh powerful person in the MCU, right? Mm-hmm. In the comics and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see him go against Superman. So you'd like to see him get beat up? Like oh, work. No, 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 Jack. Like work. Because in the 80s, yeah, Dr. Doom mm-hmm. got it on into well, when I got it on, wow, pause. Uh, wait, I didn't read that comment. Was that an 80s he put, he action or he, he put the work on <laughs> and Superman? Well, Superman in the 80s was eating kryptonite Wheaties, so I don't think Dr. Doom be much of a problem. He got him, and if it wasn't for Spider Man, he definitely would have defeated him. I will say, Jack, but if we're talking about post-crisis, that's when they depowered Superman. That's when they kind of like stripped him and made him a little bit more. He wasn't punching planets out of orbit at this point. So, Is that before the long Jim Lee hair? Way, yeah, way before. That, that's after his death when he got the, the AC Slater. He got the mullet. <laughs> yeah. And he was tying it back. Yo, that was kind of an interesting look for Clark Kent, though. But also, I kept when I was reading the comics at that time, it was like Superman had long hair and now... Clark Kent had a ponytail. It's like, come on, guys. Come on. He uses glasses to glasses. fool everybody. You know, glasses. Anyways, Dr. Doom, no, I don't think so. Nice. Dr. Doom would smack on him. Right. Anybody co-sign on that one? Anybody at all? Smack yeah, I don't think so. I can't co-sign would, on he that. Would, he would weaken him. He would kill them, and then he'll go to work on them. Ooh, wow. Ocean's Eleven. Damn. Well, well, he doesn't even seem to be close. You think he's just going to be, Dr. Who's going to roll up the Metropolis and just lay out Superman? Just no, 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 no. We're talking about Dr. Doom here. It's going to be a plan. Prep time, if you will. I will say, I'll be stupid argument of prep time. That level of intellect. Right, Chris. <laughs> you all be sleeping on how smart Kal-El is. This guy is like, he's genius level. He's yes. just a nice guy. They dumb him down so he can work with Batman. Exactly. But I mean, are you kidding me? When you think about how much knowledge he's actually consumed. This guy this guy is like Data in Star Trek when he's just flipping through the books at like super speed. Reading it all up. He's genius level. So, so is Dr. Doom. What are we talking about? That's what we're talking about. That's not like... he's Dr. not. Dr. Doom is too a genius. He, he, yes. he commands a kingdom. People bow to Dr. Doom. Superman bows to no man. Oh, he bows to Dr. Doom. He bows to Dr. Doom. I'd like to see this team up just so Rich can eat his hat. He ain't eating my, I ain't eating my hat because if I write it, Superman's going down. It's going to be a sad story. At the end, okay? How dare you question these facts that we just made up? Exactly. <laughs> All these hardcore made up imaginary facts. Yep. <laughs> um, I'll go next. 
You'll go last is what I'll you'll go do. last. I don't think I win, but I would still like to see this. I like this. I'd like to drop Kingpin into Gotham. I'd like that to see work. Kingpin versus Batman. Yeah, that work. Because I think he would physically be formidable, but also he can tear down Wayne Enterprises as well. Like he can attack Batman and Bruce Wayne on both mm. fronts. And the same way he like dismantled Daredevil in that run where he pretty much almost drove Daredevil insane and was able to use his power to like make him like broke and like all his money. He like Matt Murdock lost his reputation and all that stuff. Wilson Fisk would like dismantle Bruce Wayne to nothing and then like almost on some Bane tip fight him. Yeah, that's pretty great. It's pretty much you're talking Nightfall, but with Kingpin. Lex Luthor, but in the body of Bane. Right. (laughs) Kingpin. Kingpin, baby. The movie... He's passed away, but I, I can you imagine like Michael Clark Duncan and Robert Pattinson? It wouldn't even. Hey. <laughs> hey. You would put D'Onofrio in it as a third incarnation of the same thing he's now already Now Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs> That's fair. He's jacked, man. Yeah. Um, great debate, guys. I, I don't know if there's a winner or a loser. I, honestly, I, 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 if I had to declare a winner, it's I'd have to give it to. I got to give it to Jack. His his runner ups were fire. Sherlock Holmes versus the Riddler. Like his yeah. honorable mentions were dope. Thank you, thank you. I'd like to thank three brothers and myself for such a lovely victory. Rich, nice try. Ooh, Ooh. I don't know why he's coming. For Rich. <laughs> <laughs> we'll about you, Rich. Right. He uses speech to zing you. Okay, you know, for every one of these debates, I'm I'm taking Superman down from now on. Ah, come on! Not every debate, that. I'm taking Superman down. Rich, don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do don't it! Don't make it personal. Don't make it personal. Okay. I think it's time to get to the reason why we're here. It's time for the main event. Today we're talking Wakanda forever. Woof! Yes. I mean, fine. Spoiler-free review and synopsis. I'm not even looking at IMDb. Pretty much T'Challa the king is no more. Wakanda is left alone. And some dude from under the the sea comes (laughs) up. And now is a threat to Wakanda and possibly the world. We don't have a leader. We don't have a king. What will happen? Who knows? Pretty much the synopsis. Guys, spoiler-free review. So what did you think? It's hard to give a spoiler-free yeah, review. So I'll give a spoiler-free review. This movie was so good that I saw it in a movie theater full of black people and nobody talked. Mm, That's how wow. Good that's how good it was. Wow. Black people like to talk through movies. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I had a bunch of disrespectful youth in front of me that was talking and smacking. Really? You always do. You're a magnet for like horrible movie theater etiquette. They always follow you. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Anyway. <laughs> um, I, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was um, understandably not as fun as the first one. Mm. And it wasn't going to be. So I missed that part of it, the celebration part. But that's not what this movie was supposed to be. And I think the fact that I missed it probably was the point. You are supposed to miss something in this movie as far as a person, an essence, an entity. Of course, Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa. So I thought it was great, man. There's things about it that we'll get into, but I I thought it was great. It was 
we can call it an MCU movie if we want to, but the other MCU movies are not doing anything like this. No. Um, no. What say you, Jack? I thought the movie was trash. I think it's the worst comic book movie to come out in the last two decades. Shut your whore mouth. Oh, shut your whore oh, mouth. Because Electra and Catwoman has come out in the last 20 years. <laughs> wow. And, and your favorite movie, Doctor Strange. Multiverse of sadness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In all fairness, this movie was incredible. From the mm. opening credits being so thoughtful, um, just mm. like the, the Marvel logo in the, in the beginning of the film, before the film even started, all the way to the ending. There are a handful of things that bothered me, but this movie was great. It was great from start to finish. And like the other Black Panther movie, the movie stands alone. It doesn't. Yeah. And thank goodness it, it didn't need any cameos to save it. So no spoilers. I thought the movie was great from start to finish. Just pretty great. And Namor, the way they depict him in the film, mm. I I was... I had reservations going into it, but wow, what a, what a treat! I just thought he was a treat. Mm-hmm. That to have mm-hmm. a villain with depth. So here's where I challenge you, Jack. Wait, wait, wait. Let's give. Uh, uh, no, no, go ahead. But Rich, you didn't you didn't tell us your thoughts. Um, I thought it was I thought it was good. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. A good watch. I have a few things here and there with small little nitpicks, but other than that. I enjoyed it, and like out in Namor again. I love love the way they 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 fleshed him out, and uh, you know my man Mbaku. Ooh, 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 ooh. Stealing it. Yeah. What was that line he said to the girl when he saw her for the first time? You so- bald headed evil. I was dying, man. Uh, what were we about to say, Chris? Oh, I'm. I said I challenge you, Jack. Is there's no villain in this movie? There is no villain in this movie. There's just yeah. There's just bad choices. There's just right? conflict. There's, there's, there's good conflict. people making bad choices. Or no, I would even push back Political on that. Choices. I, I don't think there's there's just people making the best choices for them and people that follow them, mm. and trying to do what's best for their people, as opposed to having a clear cut like good guy, bad guy. It's just groups yeah. looking at things from their point of view and their point of views don't necessarily align. So yeah. well Namor is definitely the antagonist of this film from start uh, yes. to finish. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Yeah. Spoilers we'll get into you can't you cannot take back some of the choices he makes. Let's go forward, man. Let's go forward. We're in the spoiler territory. So Jack, let me respond to that. He yes, he's the antagonist of the film because the film needs an antagonist. But everything he does is like okay in war, like like he's it's all right. Okay. Yeah, but Not, he's but he's also the one that declares the war, and so you look at choice the person, Wakanda made. They said we're gonna go public. We're gonna tell you about vibranium. Now you sending people to my world, so you're gonna actually help me deal with this, or you're part of the problem. So it's yeah. like he's I the mean, movie's bad guy, but like when you look at it, like he's been quiet for. How many hundreds of years since the fifteen right. hundreds? He right. didn't need to get involved until they put him on blast. Right. Um, so let's start at the top. Let's start at the top, and it'll be play by play, and we'll jump in um, as we go on. Uh, so we start off with I wasn't prepared for this. Like I, I knew we were T'Challa was. I knew they were. You know, T'Challa passed away in this film. I didn't think we were going to see 
Shuri trying to save him as he's we, dying we off jumped, screen. We jumped into it like the I thought second, it was, was going to start started. with his funeral. Like we like we missed it. Then the fact that we see see him die through his mother and his sister. Yeah. Yeah. In real time, I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, and it's crazy how how truthful that performance is without even trying. You know, you got an Angela Bassett was she oh, trying God. to get an Oscar in this? In, in the, uh, if Academy she's not Award? nominated, they, I, I mean, we already know they hate on this genre, but I don't know how she doesn't Her get Her performance is insane. It's like, like she's not, it's it's one of those roles where you got an actor just doing it and they transcend the genre. Yeah. You know, and Angela Bassett is incredible in this film. And but that scene, the, the emotion is so raw that as an audience member, I can't help but connect with the reality of the actual loss they're all mourning it's and I, I didn't like i guess i didn't think that they were just gonna pretty much use chadwick like you know t'challa dies from an like an undisclosed unidentified sickness like they right. didn't like it wasn't like he died well i can tell you that actually didn't make sense for me in the film as as uh as someone who's privy to what happened to chadwick I thought it was a really tasteful way of handling the subject matter and man emotionally effective right from Mm -hmm. jump. I am emotionally connected to the story because I have context, but it didn't really make sense to me when what she was trying to do was recreate the plant that um, Killmonger had destroyed. So she could give that healing properties to her brother, but her brother was black panther last time we saw him so he would have already had the the plants properties in him so i didn't understand yeah i think we have to assume that that it the sickness is so strong that he needed additional of the heart-shaped herb to try and save him because whatever i guess was, was the logic that was kind of yeah i think we got you i think as, a, as the viewer we kind of have to just take it kind of accept it like this is the vehicle that they're using to transition yeah. us into the new thing but i i thought the same thing too i said that you know if he's black panther shouldn't he be impervious to this stuff because he's or, so powerful or if but... he's not why is she trying to give him black panther juice yeah that's i didn't i didn't i didn't follow the logic of that mm. but i understood the reasoning for it you know and it wasn't not effective yeah i i agree with that you know you kind of have to take your own leap and come up with whatever reason what I really liked about that was it wasn't just a throwaway to save him. Like the fact that there are no more heart shaped herbs goes mm-hmm. is a through line through the whole movie. Right. Like with Killmonger destroying it and there being no Black Panther, no one can take the mantle. It wasn't just it played out in a way that made sense in the rest of the movie of, right. of, of why no one no one can even step up like T'Challa was the last Black Panther and was going to be the last one who ever lived. Eventually, he would have lived to an old age and passed away. And that was, like, it seemed like they were cool with it being it. Like, they didn't seem like they were trying to recreate it. It felt like she was doing it now to save his right. life. But what was the Frantically plan? doing it now. Right. Yeah. So what was the plan? Like, he was going to be the last. Um, so I well, thought that was you know, Another thing that makes sense to the logic of that the spoiler alert, the way she distills the sermon is through kind of reverse engineering the bracelet that Namor gives her mm-hmm. that has the other properties of the other thing that his people had eaten. But wouldn't th- something closer to that already be coursing through T'Challa's blood? 
not to get bogged down right at the top of the film, there, but there was a handful of things right at the top of the film that were the the questionable moments to me, like the, just the leaps of logic, right? Like even they're carrying the casket in a ceremony that has been done throughout the generations to honor people, but then the way the ceremony ended was the casket was beamed up to the ship to do what? Then someone in the yeah. had like with it made it it looked cool, but it made no logical sense. You know, my, I was waiting for them to show like a bunch of caskets kind of floating yeah. in space. Like yeah. that's like is the, is their version of the Viking funeral but, instead but of the water. Have been, but when did they but I'm sorry, that also wouldn't have made sense because yeah. when did Wakandans get that technology? They've advanced over time and they're ahead of everyone else, but they wouldn't have been sending their ancestors' caskets to space. There's a there's a burial lot somewhere, right? Where his father's buried, and his father—they might have had that technology at least for a very long time. Of course, not the beginning, but for a long time they might have had. I mean, it's the most advanced. It was, just, it was an odd moment, like yeah, it's where the ceremony that would have been passed down through generations of generations suddenly became illogical. And I was sitting there going, "That's a cool shot, but." What happens to the casket now? Or maybe the casket gets dropped off somewhere else in Wakanda where there is the burial site. That's not where they hold the ceremony. It would have been nice to see. Just don't know, do we? I mean, yeah. And maybe they wanted to get out of it, like honor Chadwick, have the moment. And like, yep. let's 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 move and on. Transition to the new. To the that's new one of those things where I'm like, you give a film a pass. I gave that moment a pass because I get it. I got what they're doing, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I get it's cool shot, you know, it's powerful shot. Yeah. And that might have been the thing. Like as a director, you might go, this doesn't make sense, but I want to show him ascend. That's yeah. And I and I I prefer that over the logic. I want you to see our guy go up into the clouds. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then, dude, one of the most powerful moments in like I've ever had in a movie theater was the opening Marvel logo. Yeah. It was yeah. so quiet in our theater. I didn't even hear Me candy. Too. No, nothing. It was like no, I didn't hear anyone take a breath as they showed Chadwick as T'Challa as the Marvel logo came out, and it was just so quiet. And I was like, "This yeah. is why we go to the movies, man. Mm-hmm. This communal experience." On the logo of the title graphic, how it normally shows you a montage of the MCU, it just had a montage of Chadwick throughout the MCU with yeah. no sound. It yeah. didn't need it. Just yeah. so freaking powerful, man. And then we pick up pretty much Shuri and she is a sister who feels responsible for not being able to save her brother. It's kind of like that Superman thing, 1978 with all these powers, with all this ability, I couldn't save him. Um, with all this intellect she has, she couldn't figure it out. And this is where the movie, like for me, took a turn, not a bad turn, just a different turn because Shuri she is the light. She is the humor. She is the levity in the first movie. She was the one that was able to lift it up when everything else was grounded. And the source of light is dim. And there isn't another character really to take that spot. So the whole feel is completely different. Right. And I didn't realize how much... I knew how much I was going to miss T'Challa. I didn't realize how much I was going to miss Shuri, who had her brother alive, that version of her. That's such and, a... A great observation. Yeah, Man. I felt that too. Because I'm like, yeah. where's the light? And it's like, no. She, she was using, in the first movie. She, you know, was using like meme jokes, like what are those, and this and that. And she was, she, you're right. She was fun. And this movie, she was conflicted and 
torn and just trying to broken. Broke, yeah, broken, broken. And that carried out through the entire movie and it set the tone from the, from the get. You know why this is so different from all the other Marvel films? Hmm. They really let the stakes of the film be the stakes of the film. They yeah. let these characters mourn the loss of other characters in ways where, yeah, it might take the whole movie and it might take the next movie too. It might be something we never actually get over. We never so get weird. past the grief here. We never have that no. cliche moment no. where it's like all no, will be like well. One really. scene. It's like one, you know, in most, in most of the Marvel content, you're lucky if you get one scene where they're dealing with my brother's dead or my father's dead or Jane my- Foster dying of cancer and then dies at the end and it still ends in like a yeah like a side by side team up <laughs> shot yeah you're right, yeah. right. and There's so real this, consequences yes and they and they let you sit in it you know and Sherry oh my gosh I mean the levels of blows she takes as the film progresses and they let you have them I gotta give this actress all the roses man because she. You have to look at like the way she was cast. If this was a football team, she was brought on to be the kicker. Very mm-hmm. important position, but you're supporting player. You're not supposed to be the, the, the freaking quarterback. That's not why you were drafted on this team. Quarterback went down, and now we need you to step up and play quarterback. Yep. You went from this specific reason why you were cast to now you're responsible for carrying the entire film. Can you come up to play? And dude, and the answer was yes, yes, yes. With the weight of the entire franchise on her shoulders, it wasn't like they cast her to be the lead. She had to like be ready or not. Yep, she (laughs) stepped up. She rose to the occasion, didn't she? And if she didn't, you'd have no. Without her work, the movie doesn't work. Mm -mm. It doesn't Mm -mm. work. Right. Um. So yeah, we so then we 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 get into the action. You know, we 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 get into freaking um, you know, Angela Bassett, and she's brought into the United Nations, and they're saying you have not shared your vibranium, your precious resources, and she's like, you know, because we can't trust you. In the meantime, we see these French freaking soldiers trying to go into one of their labs, and man, these women are beasts. Yeah. They're like they're like Gaddafi's freaking uh personal guard like they're just so nasty and they're just so like imposing and they're just great they're just great they're just and and we're, we're four dudes here four dudes in their 40s and there's been a lot of talk about woke stuff there's been a lot of talk about agenda stuff this movie earned their women it didn't feel like we were being spoon-fed an agenda no. it's like no they're dope from jump yeah <laughs> They're strong from jump. It never felt like I was being spoon-fed what's trendy. It felt like, no, this it, it was deep-rooted into their story and their nature. They're dope because of their characteristics. They're, they they never once had to look at the camera and be like, hey, look, I'm a girl, but I'm doing this. Like, look, yeah. look at me. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. never well, that Captain also- Marvel moment or that Avengers moment where, like, oh, we got you because we're all the women to unite together. No, the... They, we know they that they were. <laughs> they trained hard from, you know, I'm saying like they trained hard as in Wakandan soldiers. They've trained hard. They've earned their position to be in, in the positions they're in and they right. deserve to be there guarding the outpost. So yeah. when they're there, it makes perfect sense that they're there to keep the secret safe because that's who Wakandans turn to to protect their nation, to protect their, 
their their secrets. So it made mm-hmm. perfect sense why they were there. And it, you know, it just you're right. It wasn't the the spoon feeding soapbox moment. It was just they're awesome, and they just they happen to also be women. But they're you well, know, also just, the the villains were never made weaker to make them look stronger. Yeah, that's a good point. Right, too. Mm-hmm. you're right. Um, and there's, I mean, there's an interesting parallel between the historic nature of a movie like the the Woman King, where you're looking at an all female military faction that is the people who protect the the civilization there. So there's there's obviously elements pulled from that. Mm-hmm. And it's it, and you're right. Like they didn't bring the guy the men down to make them stronger. Like they didn't, there wasn't a moment in part one where T'Challa was made to look like a fool. Right. To, to, no, it was like, they were just dope. And right. if anybody can beat her, and we saw one of them, them freaking uh, avatars. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's wow. I like the distinction of their color in the water versus when they're out of the water though. That was right. pretty yeah, that's that's pretty cool. water. That was pretty cool. So then, okay. So then they, they thwart that base. They say you can try to take it, but if you do, we're going to apply even more pressure. We were being gentle with you. So all that stuff's going down. Sherry is mourning. Her mother, the queen, is like, I want to help you. And then we kind of get, ah, I wish didn't this movie didn't have to kind of marvel it up, because it does. We got to get into the action. But there was a, such a strong, strong story of science versus spirituality. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, Sherry is a scientist. She's, dat, she's data. She doesn't even believe in the freaking... um. And sexual plane like that. She's she's like my brother's gone. He didn't talk to you. That was that was you conjuring something up. And I thought that was an interesting interesting story point between the new Wakandans and the old Wakandans. And it can't be fleshed out too much because we got to get to the fight because you know it's still a superhero movie. But I thought that was a very interesting um, dichotomy and something I would have liked to see more in just Shuri dealing with I- that. I think it just talks to the depth of this film, right? Because you're grabbing one small part that adds so much, I'll say Jack's word, so much texture to, every, to everything mm-hmm. that's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's no character in this movie is one dimensional, right? No one is no like maybe some extras, but realistically, there's no main character who's just typecast and just in it. Like, everyone that's main has so much depth and so much story behind them that we there's a lot packed into this movie there's a lot packed into every actor and i think that's that's very very different from some of the marvel movies that we've been getting this is this is completely different you know you know jack i think you've said on the last past not past couple shows that you know sometimes you wish the marvel movies would be better if they didn't have to tie into this these phases or into like oh this has to build up to something else like this movie is Wakanda forever, and it doesn't like whatever happens outside. They think they made one reference to Thanos, like in conversation, but everything is here, all about what's going on now, all about mm-hmm. what's going on in this in this time, in this moment, in this. I don't want to say universe, but in this kind of like microcosm. Well, and the one on. reference to Thanos was used so well too, because right. it just connected the way she was grieving when he was gone the first time. Yeah, you know he was. And I forgot about it until they said it. And I was like, oh, yeah. And and it was the first time the snap had been talked about in a Marvel movie where... It wasn't just a... Hmm, yeah, the ramifications of it actually felt effective. It was like, that's in a whole nother level of depth where in most cases it feel spoon-fed or, or like, yeah, I get it. This felt emotionally connected to 
wow, it took down their whole nation in a really odd way they had to deal with. Right. Mm-hmm. For five years, he was gone. There was no king. Right. Yeah. And that was actually Ryan Coogler's original script. You know, Crazy. Uh, T'Challa coming back after the blip to a, a, a nation with no king. And how do you... Well, that's get- probably why that, mo- why that moment landed so well. They were going to make a whole movie around that moment. Oh, yeah. And then, so, you know, Namor, it's a kingdom with no king. Like, it's all set up. Uh, and the story still plays. I, what I enjoyed about the fact that this wasn't super connected is it's a nation defending itself against another nation. Like, yes, there's Thanos and yes, there's superheroes and yes, there's Doctor Strange, but we still have war here. Like, like right. the regular problems between countries and nations didn't disappear just because Thor's having a fight somewhere. We still have problems. We still want your resources. We still are going to do things. So I, I appreciate it. Like all that stuff's going on up there, but we still have issues here. And Wakanda is a as a source of valuable materials. See, um, we're on the freaking ship, and these guys they they're mining for vi- vibranium. Um, and they 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 they're scouting whatever found some, and then these dudes pop up out this water. Yep, vicious. Vicious. Well, before they even get vicious, they they're on like some sound siren tip. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they never used that again. I felt like they should get. No, they did use it again. They, 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 they used it Wakanda. But she threw the water bomb back at or right, a bomb. Right. Him. right. It worked for me. They they were the and it was the paramedics they were targeting in Wakanda. Mm. Well, in that moment though, yeah, you got like these. They're doing like a siren thing where they're hypnotizing the people with their song and they're just drowning themselves like this movie is dark yeah yeah i mean that that was that was the mythology of the sirens they would they would lure uh sailors to rocks yeah i wonder fall off and to to drown themselves yeah i wonder if what they're saying was that these guys were the sirens of of ancient mythology they're the ones you guys wrote your stories about yeah, that's pretty freaking dope. And that was so kind of clear in that moment. I was like, and how they how they were like there is lore and mythos surrounded around the water people, but shrouded in mystery for hundreds of years. You know, even uh, uh, what's his face with the beard, the big guy, Umbaku. Yes, Umbaku even talks about that. He goes, I can read. So he was talking about he went to the library and these people are in there. You just he's don't know like, who they're. He's a like god. Yeah, <laughs> he's not a king to them. He's their god, right? Um, How do you say, it, Chris? Kukukan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Queen brings Shuri to mourn, burn these ceremonial clothes, and you'll be able to finally grieve. Shuri doesn't agree. Then we get the first glimpse of Namor popping about that water with them little wings on his feet, and it should have looked corny. This should have looked silly. It didn't, but it didn't. Not no. to me, at least. It didn't. Um, and basically, yo, he was right. I'll tell you what's, what's, gr- what's so great about it. It should have been corny. This mm-hmm. is one of those things where someone like, you know, not to call anyone out, but Brian Singer cuts the wings off and puts them in black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Namor. We can't have someone looking like ridiculous. The wings on his feet? Come on. Yeah. But Marvel's at the point where they go, nah. He's got wings on his feet. He's got wings on his feet. He runs around in green underwear. We're going to make it work. Yeah. And yo, they figured it out. They trusted the material. Did they? Yeah. It worked. 
It worked. I mean, it worked. And, His underwear could have used more texture for me, if I'm being honest. I would say. Because it looked just like spandex. And they gave him the... the yeah, oh, like, yeah, yeah, he was wearing yeah. the vibranium headpieces. He had the, the freaking giant pearls on it, kind of gold and whatnot. Yo, I love man. that. No, I love yeah, that. I mean, the dope. fact that they straight rooted him in Mayan culture was yeah. just like again wow. we're hating that, on that people were hating on that and it's like they found i think they found mayan ruins that have been on like under the sea at this point yeah. like it yeah. works it's, it, it was so just works um and it made him more dimensional right it gave him a culture a backstory he wasn't just marvel you know the first mutant he was he's from this this powerful huge powerful civilization and, and like he comes up and he's like listen you guys thought it was brilliant to tell everybody about vibranium. So now they're digging where I live. I wasn't, I, I didn't have beef with anybody. It wasn't that they're just digging. They built a machine to detect it. They yeah. detect it. And they're yeah. going to find, yes. And he needs so, to protect his people. Yeah. So eventually they would have found, even if they just found just a little bit there, that machine still would have, would have found their city because they would have just kept searching for it. Mm. I'm going to tell you this. The way we talked about how this movie has a protagonist antagonist, but no real villain. Mm. If you take the same, I would watch this movie shot from Neymar's perspective, and he could very easily be the the the, the good guy who wins hearts and minds of everyone watching. You can literally shoot this Absolutely. movie from the other perspective It'll be a fantastic movie from the other side. Yeah, um, watching him, watching him go through it. Like I didn't see him as a bad guy. I was like, you know, he has a point. Like he, he he's does. just here protecting his people. He's protecting his culture. He's protecting, you know, his way of life. Their 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 way of life, and because he knows, like they let the because he's seen what colonization has done. Right, he came back to the surface, um, to bury his mother, and he saw the the what, what was it the the, the Spanish. The conquistadors, yeah, yeah. the yeah. conquistadors, right? They, they, what they were, what they were doing to the people on the surface, and he was like, "No, I, I will not allow this to happen to my people." So he was well within his right to to feel and to go about how he did things the way he did. It's interesting because you just said something that made me think of something I wanted more of. That at first I don't know, liked it a lot. I like Namor, but there was a big problem for me because he's so similar to Killmonger, right? It's that, it's that. Kind of gray. I see your point. I know how you're affected by being marginalized. They kind of fulfill the same gap in different ways. And I think I would have loved if they leaned into this is probably what Killmonger would have achieved if he had not been stripped of the throne. Like the way N Namor was able to achieve with his people peace, but there will be blood. <laughs> It's pretty much what Killmonger was setting out to do with Wakanda uh, if he had his way. No, nah, I think it's, it's a little different because they were secluded. They were cut off. Like they, they, they yeah, they had the opportunity to to stay hidden. Unlike, right. Unlike um, like Wakanda. Wakanda, they were kind of hidden after a while, but they still had to fight in order to keep. Because there, there were if you go through the comics, there were times where you know. Uh, the English or whatever they would uh, Europeans would come and try and, and discover them, and they would have to kill them. Right, right. Well, and consider Killmonger even kind of alludes to this in the uh, in the scene he's in, where he talks about um, 
the ramifications of opening their doors, which is what he wanted to do in the first place. He wanted to go out into the world and take over things and change the status quo. That's not what Namor was wanting to do. Yeah. No, it's, it's not what Namor wanted to do, but Namor would have done that if he believed he had people scattered about that needed his help. That was Killmonger wanted to go out and help black people. The, 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 yeah, Namor didn't want to help anybody. Yeah, he didn't want to, no, he just wanted no, to help his people. I'm, 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 I'm not saying they're the same. I'm saying if Namor felt like he had his people scattered throughout the earth, he sure. would have took the same act. So for me, it was like Killmonger and Namor were too similar, different, but they 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 serve the exact same function. They're a different point of view. And we kind of almost agree with the bad guy to a degree because I understand where you're coming from. They kind of were very similar for me in a way that I don't know if I wanted them to be. I think the biggest difference Mm. is Killmonger was looking for vengeance and Namor was looking for self-preservation for his people. Right. And he just wants to be left alone and keep... But Killmonger was also looking for that, too. He had vengeance with that, but he was like, I'm going to go and arm all these freaking black people that you left behind. So he was... It was he, His was more darker, but I felt like Killmonger was more interesting and they had a similar trajectory. I would, I, I don't know. For me, it was, think, it was too similar. I think it's... But, you know, I think that's how the real world is, though, right? I think... When there's many conflicts, especially on like a geopolitical scale, there's ne- there's very rarely a cut and dry line between good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been some cases, obviously, like World War II, like the Nazis are terrible and stuff like that. But there's a lot of cases where there's people think they're doing the right thing or groups think they're doing the right thing. They're trying to pursue their cause with without you know with reckless abandon, without consideration for who it affects. But they're trying to do what's best for their people. I think that's more realistic to the way the world is versus having like. Like your mustache twirling bad guy saying, I'm here for world domination, blah, blah, yeah, blah. That's true. So I think that's kind of why. I think this this series, Black Panther or kind of forever, takes takes those conflicts into consideration as mm-hmm. a, where the rest of the MCU is, you know, really stereotypical good guy, bad well, guy. Well, you know, the and other maybe, thing. I was saying, maybe the parallels were there on purpose because Shuri as Black Panther was able to accomplish something that T'Challa didn't. Which is spoiler alert, which I'm jumping to the end here. Namor doesn't die. They do yeah. find some sort of peace, something that Black Panther wasn't able to find with Killmonger in the end. Yeah. So it's almost like this new Black Panther was able to take it to the next level as far as finding hope and finding some sort of reconciliation. Well, Maybe I, that's I wonder if the reason why you feel the similarity is there is is really simply because the two characters were uh, a little more dimensional than what most most of these comic book movies give us for villains. Maybe I'm just not used to it. <laughs> maybe they're the honestly, only like three-dimensional villains we've had. But, but honestly, I, working, I feel like that's that's more the parallel than anything else. Less what the characters want and more the fact that they you know, exist the, in this way. <laughs> well with the exception of like Michael Shannon in the Man of Steel movie, we rarely get a chance to identify with the why and like a good reason why the antagonist or villain of the film is doing what they're doing. Thanos, they gave Thanos t- two decades of films, so, you know, leading up to what he was doing. So we identified with his why. Uh, Killmonger, which was interesting for a one-off movie 
not a one-off movie, but a standalone film felt mostly like a standalone film to have a villain who his why was so clear and Namor's why is so clear. We identify, maybe we don't like his choices, but we identify with the why he's doing it. I think you're right. I think it's, it, they're not the same. I'm just not used to having three-dimensional bad guys that I'm like, yeah, I think that's what similar. It it's like, no, you're just not used to having this in these I'm movies. Human, you know, right. not a human, but someone, someone with human emotions going through the thing. And so that's what it's gray. It's not mm-hmm. black and white. It's gray. I agree. I stand corrected. That makes complete sense. Um, yeah. I'm just not used to it being this good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> um, so then we, so then pretty much he lays his demands. He says, you guys got to go and get the person that designed this machine that can detect vibranium, find that scientist so I can kill them or I'm bringing a war to you and you won't be able to beat me. Mm. Okay. I want to jump into this real quick. This is a pet peeve, not a pet peeve. It's a little nitpick. I not for a second thought that they're not Atlanteans in the movie. They weren't able to call them that they are in the comics. Um, I never once believed their civilization was as advanced as Wakanda. Um, and I was wondering, where's, where's all this Wakandian tech we know you have? Yeah. <laughs> but all like, their but their people seem to be... Superheroes. Everyone superheroes. has Superheroes, yeah. Right. On that like, spectrum. We saw all them ships in their fleet in the first Black Panther. And like they got one ship. And like yeah. I just felt like, where's the tech? You guys have... You're the strongest so nation they, they, they ever. They didn't. I never got the feeling there was like like in the uh, Aquaman movie. There's clearly an underworld civilization with all kinds of stuff we've no ideas under the water. Right. They the way they didn't the, use their vibranium for nothing. No, it looked like they used their vibranium to create an underwater sun. Otherwise, it seemed like a pretty primitive civilization. So then, then I would say, I don't care how physically super you are, Wakanda's tech, it should not be this close of a fight. Well, it's also like, why did the Wakandans choose to fight these water people in the in middle the of the ocean? They have, first, they have, hover, they have hovercrafts that Wait, could have they, been out at sea without ever having to be in the water. She built Iron Man suits for her friends for fun. Like they, they showed up with one ship and one gun, where in Black Panther 1, we saw the, all the ships well, in the but air. It was clearly that, let's let's just, for all uh, for sake of talking about the group of them, let's just call them... Uh, Atlanteans they uh, we agree with that yeah 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 okay so the Atlanteans had some kind of crazy cool water Water bomb bomb. right yeah so there's some kind of technology and civilization that we don't really ever get into we see the outskirts of their metropolis you know right from a distance and we see it once so I have to you know we mostly saw the the rural part of town where the farmers and the those people hang out. So what was going on in the middle of their downtown and in their tech wing, we never really saw, so you can't really, unless you're into the comics. But and- when Wakanda was fighting them and it was a war, I did not see Wakanda use the extent of their technology in this war. They fought spear to spear when we know they have freaking... Jets, right? And bombs and guns. They like so you left all that at home to fight hand to hand combat with a group of people you know are super strong. I didn't understand why Namor's people. It was a clear, obvious will destroy Wakanda. Like these guys got tanks. Right. It's like 
it didn't feel that 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 felt far fetched after well, a while. Well, what the, when they were making those threats and when Wakanda seemed worried, they kept echoing this idea that you know, and it's what Angela Bassett says in the hearing room. I hear you whispering in the dark. We're weak. Our king is gone. And that theme of the Black Panther and the mantle of the Black Panther, and even Namor says it after he loses at the end. He, when Black Panther's back, essentially, he goes, Black Panther is the strongest person on the planet. He says something yeah. like, yeah, and so yeah, yeah. when I'm there just, was the- I'm just talking about strategic and war. We know that guys got right, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because you're talking like they, besides when they went out there with that one ship, when mm-hmm. they first attacked Wakanda, that was like a sneak attack. It was like I'm not talking about like, that. I'm talking about when they went to war. All right. Well, Wakanda's like also Wakanda's also a landlocked, uh, be, with the with the exception of the river that runs through it. It's, it's a landlocked country. So why would they have naval ships? Not they. I'm talking about aircraft. Why did, that fly. Why did they choose to fight in the ocean in the first place? We, I didn't we know, know. We know that's a whole other question. We know they have yeah. aircrafts because we saw them in part one. Right. Yeah. I didn't did see them in the but, full but, extent of their military in this but did war. But did, did we see that Namor freaking make light work of those ships? There was like two of them in the air. Like he still know made light work of them. He's still like, and first of all, let's talk about how this man flies through the air. Looked dope. It does. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like yeah. air hopping. Yeah. It looked dope. <laughs> you can't tell me Wakanda's, the tech is bigger than the United States. And the United States would have brought more guns <laughs> to this fight. Then they did. It didn't make sense. The tech, like, they didn't make right. sense. Why, why wasn't the force more field than just... like we saw in Infinity War? Where's we Where's saw a lot of that tech? In... Yeah, <laughs> what, you're right. I mean, what, right. what were the flying ships going to do for a water battle? Shoot bullets. Yeah. Drop what bombs. are you shooting at? Because like you looking down into well, into into a dark ocean. And, any, and anyone you can fight with a spear, you can fight with a gun. And I need to know why they didn't. But if you can't see bullets. who you're shooting at. What do you, For, what do you use shooting? the ship as a decoy to draw them out? They just, drew them out military or just drop bombs <laughs> yeah. in the water. You, you, or they could have been, been shooting them off the ship as they were climbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Y'all saying all this, yeah. First of all, that whole I'm I'm assuming the reason reason why they went out to the sea to do that battle is just to get it away from Wakanda. I'm saying this if Namor wanted to, and this is the point that he made, he could have wiped out Wakanda. The first I literally know, I, I know. flooded their their throne room. Their, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the way up here, he brought water to the point and flooded the war room, killing their queen. No, yes. you're right. He can be, he can beat them on some guerrilla warfare. We can sneak in. We can and get that's, you. And that's the whole thing about but, that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's get back into some little history right now. That's the whole thing with with, with uh, some of the the the, uh, the uh, Mayan um, uh, warfare. It's guerrilla warfare, my dude. You're right. So, but when they went out to sea, and now we're fighting face to face in broad daylight, we're not guerrilla warfare anymore. We're right. actually fighting on a front line, and now well, I can drop the full extent of my military. If this dude nah, stays, not really, because if, you, if you're not, if you're not, a, if you're not military with a, with a strong naval, then nah, then you really can't. You really can't fight a a, a civilization that's about the water because all you have to do is just bring it down to the water, and then which, what are you doing? I'm not saying Wakanda would have won. I'm saying I didn't see them bring their full fleet and lose. I didn't you see them. Know what the full, we don't know what the full fleet is, though. 
I needed to see aircrafts, missiles, all the stuff in part one. I needed to see them try. What's aircrafts? What's what's aircrafts going to do? And I'm not saying they would win. I'm saying I want to see them use it and try and lose, maybe. But the fact that they showed up to the biggest war they've ever fought, it would have been a pointless and boring battle, bro. I'm gonna let you know right now. Dude. There's a bunch of ships flying around in the air while they're trying to fight things down in the water. You can't tell me what, this is the most powerful the... techno- scientific civilization ever. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it wasn't the most powerful, but at the same time, how are you fighting a war-based uh, enemy in the air? Why? And why, and why don't they have ships? Who Wakanda? Mm-hmm. Why would they need ships if they are if their whole civilization is landlocked, with the exception of the river? Why would they right. need a, a they neighbor? buy they build flying suits for fun. You tell me you don't got a boat? How big is a boat? Come on, man. You're talking about a suit that goes around one person. One person. You tell me they're going to build a battle cruise, several battle cruisers on a a river system. They did not. What does that have to do with building huge ships? Rich, I'm basically saying this advanced civilization did not seem as though they used all their advancements in the biggest war in their life so so what you wanted to see is a bunch of uh, military military ships being built in whatever the time frame was and then transported out to the sea or just utilize some of the resources they had utilize the resources they have can i may i ask a question yes after namor kills angela bassett's character spoiler alert namor wreaks havoc on raquan uh wakanda skipping ahead namor gives them a certain amount of time to mourn and get ready to uh, step in line or be eradicated. Did he say a week? A week, yeah. So, okay, that's that's another thing that was like, he gave them a week, and within a week's time, less than a week's time, they did all that stuff. They built the Ironheart suit in less than a week's time. Yeah. Yep. So why, why just one, though? They protect Wakanda so much, they would have... All they they would have built things in advance that wouldn't even made sense just they in were, case. So let me yeah, so let me ask they you were, this they were almost sliding into a cold war in the beginning. They were prepping up as a cold war that you know everyone's coming, the world is coming after us. They would have been prepping ahead of time for invasions, not from Neymar, well, but from because they, they'd already France. had the Thanos fight on their soil and they and lost, lost it. What was the what was the military technology they had during that fight? I mean, the they shield. had a lot of spears and shields and weapons, like handheld weapons. But they, they, you saw guns. You saw mounted blasters. Yeah, they had blasters. And I get Namor being able to guerrilla warfare. I'm showing up on your soil when you're not ready. We're gonna wreak havoc. Cool. But now y'all are actually showing up on some sort of front line. Not saying that the Wakandans' tech would have worked. But the fact that it didn't show up. Well, here's here's where in in defense of bad decision making skills, you had a freshly minted Black Panther, freshly minted, we'll say queen, right? Leader, leader of Wakanda making decisions. And she was making decisions on an emotional level, not necessarily a logical one, with the exception of let's try to figure out Namor's weakness. Right. And so you could go because also why would someone in their right mind choose to have a battle this important in the middle of the ocean? Made no sense. 
Like that. Well, that's, that's the only mm-hmm. way they could have lured, lured him. But it yeah. literally made no sense. And for all intents and purposes, they did lose that fight. If Namor did not show up at the end going, hey, guys, let's go home, they lost that fight. They were all yeah, about they, 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 had they the were back into the corner. Yeah. They had the bodies. It was like 300. They were backed into the corner and surrounded. And I'm not saying they would have won. But I'm saying I did not see the most advanced civilization bring out all their technology for the fight. No, because we saw That's that we saw them do that in the Thanos battle. So you we saw them do it in Black Panther one when they were having a civil war. We saw more stuff going back and forth. So that's that's my point. You're saying we know it exists. Why didn't they bring it to this fight? And right. you're right. Now, as far as that question is concerned. It made no sense, but also, why would you choose to have a fight in the middle of the ocean in the first place? Yeah, on the give, no give them all, all and the benefit. In Rich's, to echo Rich, this is Wakanda, for all intents and purposes, is the most advanced place on the planet with the brilliant minds and capability, and they're going up against a water based civilization that knows nothing but water warfare or water capability and the whole thing is what aqua 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 so it's like that's not a good choice no it's not but the way they got the way the atlanteans got the upper hand it wasn't like crazy special they threw a bomb at their ship and then climbed up and fought them hand to hand it wasn't like no and 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 i'd make the same defense and the the same argument with the atlanteans you're like this is in theory supposed to to be the other most technologically advanced civilization and they're riding whales in the battle which is cool it's cool but it's not aquaman cool i mean aquaman they had tech yeah and so the atlanteans don't have they got like a a real watered down superhero let let me ask you this do you think they did that to differentiate them from no. DC characters. If I'm being honest, I think what, what kind of worked about it is you're looking at two civilizations that are rooted in this idea of history, right? Mayan culture. And Mayan culture is a certain time period carved out of time. And that's what we see most of their technology. It, Wakanda is the same difference. We're, we're looking at largely they fight with spears, you know, and it's like that in the comics, but I think that's I think that's kind of where there's this odd thing. They're not fighting with, the, I mean, they are fighting with future tech, water bombs, and you know, Wakanda has all kinds of future tech, but it's all shrouded in um, history, and it's it's under the guise of these other things. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? It's like yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. It, it would have been weird for the Wakandans to have gun blasters. They fight with spears. The 300, right. you know, it would have been weird for the Atlanteans to fight with ray guns. They fight with spears. They're Atlanteans. They're Mayans. So, like, their whole civilization is rooted in something that's hundreds of years old. And that's where they're coming to the table with because they have faith in their lineage. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, it just felt like after a while, you're just telling me you guys are better. Like, yeah. you're telling me more than I'm seeing it, with the exception of the sneak attack and the one-on-one fights. We know you're physically stronger one-on-one. Well, we know Namor trumps anybody. Right. One guy, just like our Black Panther, you know. But So it was like, I was looking for them to be advanced, more advanced in, than Wakanda in, in multiple ways. 
not just you can get the jump on us because we're down, but because like even if we had our Black Panther sitting on the throne, you guys still could have brought it to us. Yeah, and I think so. That might just be. I think we gotta move past this one, but I think it's ultimately missed opportunity because we get a glimpse of it when we see their kingdom, Mm -hmm. and it is clearly technologically advanced it's an uh, it's odd the city is really odd to me how people are buoys in the water some of the shots are odd but but there's clearly a civilization there and the closest i can attribute it to is um kind of what we saw in the aquaman movie you know and the sun thing is like what is that and how does that work and they got these water bombs and what other applications do they have to water technology and stuff and you're like you know it's there but we never get to see it it reminded me of like um you guys remember that movie incredible movie with sylvester stallone demolition man mm-hmm. the shells how the heck do the seashells work right and you're just sitting there going <laughs> it would have been nice if they'd kind of gone into some of this stuff yeah i i mean but um so moving on from this point uh yeah, and the middle for me is kind of like, you know, it takes its time. I, it might be slow for some people, but I, I, I appreciated, and it was slow for me in parts, but I, I appreciated Ryan Coogler taking the risk of it being slow just for us to sit in these characters and have these moments. What I didn't like and what I did not need was uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus's character. I didn't need them to show up in this movie. The, um, what's her name? The, you know, oh, the I, I forgot. So she's a director, but yeah, I forgot her name. She's the Amanda I, Waller, you know. Yeah, I think, I think they needed to build, they need to give you an angle from the U.S., like, you know, intelligence community. And, you know, they, they we saw her game built up in Winter Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier. And I think that's, this is really, that's the only really world building we got from this was that, was her, was her part. But I think and they did need to give us. mustache twirler. Like she was yeah. the only one where uh, you are definitely a bad guy, and because it, it worked in the other content on Disney Plus, but here it felt like this is too grounded for. But she had very, very little impact on what she had no impact on what right. happened in. Why was she in this? <laughs> because we, because we, because we had the the CIA agent that was helping them. Why was he in this? Because they needed him to help with to find uh, Riri Williams right. to find out who made the. Because they need to find out who made the the machine. They found out that you know this college girl who's a genius made the machine, and that's and then and then the government took the machine to begin these world events that created this. So that's to kind of what Lawrence just said twice. But why was she in this? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Riri Williams. And, you know, I gotta tell you, Iron Heart was kind of the weakest part of the film for me. I liked her before she was doing any Iron Man stuff. I thought her character was fun and uh, performance was good. And then they dropped her in the Iron Man stuff. And I instantly realized how Robert Downey Jr. Um, created this franchise. I mean, Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr. almost single-handedly made the MCU cinematic universe. Not almost. That yes, movie he did. did. You watch <laughs> Iron Man 1. Iron Man 1 is, um, is Banger man, and she so felt it, like the '90s when there was just one too many superheroes in this movie, or one too many villains. It felt right? like you're not getting your due diligence because your whole tone is competing, and I don't want, I don't, I don't need you here. I don't need another whimsical, smart, funny black girl creating dope tech. We already got one. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we already yeah. have one. Easy. Her tone almost didn't match, right? Right. Black Twitter's gonna get you. <laughs> okay. I like her, and she's gonna have her own series. 
which is cool. Um, I just felt like she, I felt like she would have been better placed in. But her she also own. didn't. She didn't push the content forward. And I'm not talking about her as an actress. I'm talking about the character in this film did not push the movie forward. I think she was supposed to be the levity. She was supposed yeah. to kind of be the bright spot that Shuri had in Black Panther one, but she didn't have the relationship with them to have that. Right. And the fact that the queen, it's cool the queen risked her life to save her, but it's also interesting where it's like, you know how important you are as queen, not you as a person, but you as a symbol, you as a position. And the fact that you put your position in jeopardy, therefore putting Wakanda in jeopardy, just pretty much it's, I don't know. I felt like Riri was kind of shoehorned in and, made super important to these people on an emotional level that didn't track all the way for me. Yeah, I felt like the the Wakandans might see her a little bit more cut and dry. Right away, they saw her as one of her own, as one of their own, but I don't think in reality it would have translated the same way because Wakandans know there's other black people in the world. Well, and I would have been cool with that if they dealt with, we learned from our lesson with Killmonger. Like, these are our people, too. Like, give me a reason why you guys are like, because it was a, an emotional connection to why they were like, you can't hurt this girl. I was mm-hmm. like, is it because her youth? Is it because she's black? It wasn't clear why you, they cared. It was different. They didn't just care about saving a civilian. It was it was an emotional connection. And I don't know why. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think Kugler and the people at the, Feige and the people at the helm of the some of the decision-making process knows that on some level and no one can really feel, fulfill the taking over the mantle of uh, Iron Man or filling Downey's shoes in that role. But on some level, she's the next Iron Man. She's the yeah. she's the she's not going to be, you know, the leader of the pack like Iron Man is. But she's in the <laughs> Listen. But you understand that that's what's going on. I mean, uh, make no mistake. That's kind of, I mean, that's who she is. It's what's happening. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, that's what's happening. There was was a few things that I said that I I didn't like. Very few, but this is one of them. Um, One, the CG. It was a little, time seemed a little little wonky there. Yeah. 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 But then also her suit. Like, Tony Stark took the nanotech from Wakanda and then reapplied it to his suit and made his suit infinitely dope, right? It pretty much was part of him. Now she is there in Wakanda where he got the tech from, and this is the suit that she came up with. Just banging. Yeah, like <laughs> what? I was like, what was the what was that scene about? And then you never even see it was a I throwback mean, to Iron Man one with him in the cave. But no, but it was also a throwback to the comics and the Iron Heart, and that's what you see her make there, but it didn't get applied to her suit at all. So you yeah, you saw her going, cut out the iron heart, the heart dropped, but you didn't see the heart anywhere yeah, on the suit. It was a cool shot. And why is she using a crude plasma cutter on, like, I don't know. She wasn't even using a plasma cutter. Wait, here's the better part. Nothing, not a single thing you see her actually make is on the suit suit she's wearing. So you're like, what is really going on here? Mm -hmm. There are a couple of things in this movie that I felt were were not necessarily bad, but kind of canceled each other out for me. Having the queen die in this, I didn't like her dying. Because I'm like, let us mourn T'Challa. Let that right. be the driving factor. To have her lose her mother a year later and knowing that Angela Bassett is alive and well, the death is not going to have the same impact as the one we started the film with. And then it's like, in one movie, we're watching a new Black Panther step up and a new Iron Man. It's like, you guys are like, 
canceling each other out with your choices. We don't need two deaths and we don't need two people rising up and taking a mantle in the same movie. It's simpler, more intimate movie than that. But, but I, I'll, I'll agree with this. The character of Ironheart, given the nature of the volume of content that the MCU's pumped out and the level and caliber of the actors who have originated some of this stuff, where now we're looking at the next generation of actors establishing, you weren't going to have a standalone Ironheart movie that was going to probably go over in a way that let us feel good about her taking over what we feel is Robert Downey Jr.'s position. Like, them are fighting words. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. Nobody steps to what he did in that in that role. And so... To establish her on any level probably needed to be on the coattails of another film. Yeah, I get that. It wasn't but not, but not on the film. We're watching another character step into some giant shoes and wondering yeah, if I she can fill them. They, they could have just done it in a Disney Plus series and been done. But I, I, well, then that's how we got the new Hawkeye. Yeah, which that worked. It yeah. worked. Yeah, that worked. That passing. I felt like there was there's only one passing of the torch I wanted to see in this film. Shuri. Yeah. There's only one death I really wanted to matter in this film, T'Challa. Right. Right. The mother dying felt like you just... Well, the thing about the mom dying is it gave her an impossible obstacle. And but it was this, too... And, and then, but, it, but it's also why her... It's also why it made sense that they didn't... They Listen, they, they could not bring um, Chadwick into any of the scenes. Because right. they just could not. And so they were having this scene that was so clear in the original Black Panther movie where they take the herb and then you go to the ancestral plane. And the only appropriate person for her to talk to in that moment would have been her brother, who she's been seeking the entire film, you know. But they knew that wasn't going to happen. So they had to double down on her conflict to give her plausible deniability that Killmonger is the one who's going to step into her ancestral plane. So it's like they almost needed... Angela Bassick's character to be killed because without that death, it should have been T'Challa who she saw in in that scene. That's her sense of conscience. That's her Jiminy Cricket. Her sense of conscience, right? Been her mother, right. Been but, alive but, and still been her voice of reason. It's not the no, same. You, you, you missed my point. My point is because she just lost the death because her mother was just killed, and the person who killed her mother is literally sitting right there. Her soul and her heart is so dark in that moment. It's an antithesis of who she normally is. It's not who she normally is, but it's who she is right now as she's taking over the mantle of Black Panther. So the ancestor who walks into her ancestral plane vision is the one who syncs up with her ideology in that moment. I want blood. I want to watch the world burn. And so it made sense that we don't get T'Challa. But without her mother's death, it's gotta be him. It has to be him. If it's not him, who is it? Well, I, I, and I guess, I guess that's the thing in the fact that Chadwick Boseman passed away in real life. Because if this was just a narrative structure thing, T'Challa would have been killed by Namor, and that would have made Shuri go forward. We wouldn't right. have to had two deaths in the movie to get her into vengeance, right? And I guess that's what I. Well, felt. if uh, if Chadwick hadn't passed. Namor would not have been killing T'Challa. Right, but that it's but that entirely but that, would, but that would have been the passing the torch story. That would have been what that's where it would have been appropriate. You, right. The, the but new but I'll also say it, this would not have been a passing the torch story. 
I know, yeah, I'm saying, but yeah. the only reason to do this is because the Black Panther was taken down. So now I right. become the new Black Panther but that's, to but that, the Black Panther. That's usually where the narrative goes. This is also why the film felt so dark. Yeah. Because it is a passing the torch story. And on the ancestral plane, it's the one moment where we could have and should have had T'Challa. Right. But again, mm -hmm. we can't. Right. And so the movie had to take another darker tone because it was the only option they actually had. And there, there was this writer that he was talking about The Walking Dead specifically, but he was talking in general of you can bring your main characters to the brink of all is lost, but we can't ever have them be there. Because if they're there and we lose hope, you don't want to go on that journey with them. He's talking about Rick and how in Negan pretty much obliterated him to the point where he couldn't even stand up for himself. It's like you pushed him to the edge of, I am, I have, I'm having a hard time getting behind him. And that didn't happen to Shuri here, but it got to the point where it was like, it's there's nothing in there. And it's, it's black. Her heart, I mean, it, it's too, her father dies, then her brother dies, and a year later, her mother dies. I'm like... What else can you take? I don't. I don't know if she cares about Wakanda more than the people she, we've seen her l lose already. Right. Like, what, we know. We know what she, she doesn't have to fight for. We um, know she doesn't, and she's even having that conversation way in advance, which is why Namor echoes her own words to her. You said you want to watch the world burn. Well, let's watch let's, it burn. let's burn it down and raise it new. I think they did the best with the situation they had, but I felt like that's a lot of death. For this yeah. one character to take and still be fun. But, but what's crazy about it is they also let her mourn it. It wasn't like in some of the other Marvel films where they have these big deaths that happen mid-movie and we don't get the brevity of it. Right. And I'm honestly sitting here watching the film going, she's not going to kill him. I mean, she's not going to kill him. I was like, she, she might kill him. She might yeah, kill him. She might, yeah. But that's what I'm saying, yeah. because they brought her to that point. I yeah, like, and she would have been just. We sat yeah. there with I, her water, her, her face down in the water, drowned to death, going, yo, he just killed her mom. It's yeah. the darkest freaking so, Marvel. <laughs> this is why I like that she didn't kill him, but she didn't forgive him either, though. She did what's what was best for her people, and it wasn't mm -hmm. like, okay, now we're best friends. No, they're not. We're doing what's best for our people. And for our, we're doing what's best for our people and for our, for our, our, our countries. But, you know, I don't forgive you. And we're not friends now. Everything's not all good. This, yeah. is, this, this is, this is just politics and, and man, it's just politics, really, really. You know, yeah. Politics and warfare. And you, and you saw him, you saw no more talk about the politics, too. He was like, listen, the world's going to come from Wakanda. They're and coming then, for Wakanda. Yeah, they're going to come from Wakanda. And the only people that are going to have to come to protect them or help them is us. It's just brilliant. It is. You got both sides playing this kind it's of political chess. strategy. Geopolitical yeah. chess, man. And he's better at it than her right now. Well, he's, <laughs> he's, well, he's been around for a thousand years. You know, right. well, not a thousand years, but you know, five hundred years. Right. So he's um, seen nations fall. I want to say one real quick thing, and this is another nitpick. I'm a fan of Michael B. Jordan, and I love Killmonger, but I wish he wasn't directed in that scene to be e mean. I wish he would have said what he had to say. Very matter of fact, mm -hmm. he has to die. Like, like no mat. Like, just, just very content with the choice that has to be made. I didn't want to see villain anywhere in there. I just yeah. wanted to see, like, well, you know what has to happen, right? 
You think if yeah. he was in the ancestral plane, he'd not be the same. It would right. change him a little bit. I was right? thinking the same thing when I was watching the scene. But, I was but, like, not, but not even he's like kind of doing too much. Not where he mm -hmm. is. What's scary about a guy like Killmonger is it doesn't always have to be emotional. It's like, no, I'm going to burn your city down because that's the only option. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And but, it would be nice for him to be more reasonable with her instead of kind of like puffing my chest out and like, no, you're dead. You're all wise. <laughs> but but, it's, but that but that's also what Chris was saying. You, you're dead. You're all wise. You're on right. the ancestral yeah. plane now. You don't. You have almost omnipotent knowledge on some level. Exactly. You don't. You're you don't need the pettiness in the. And you're not trapped to the to to these emotions, yeah. right? You, you're yeah. right. You you would be more matter of fact because you 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 have superseded all these emotions that you use. You used to use to make your choices. Yeah, so you don't you have know. to puff. You exactly. don't have to. And that's scarier. Who are you posturing for? I mean, exactly. that, that, that's pretty much D'Onofrio's kingpin. He's scary when uh, he's which not one? puffing his... Oh, Netflix. We got to draw the distinctions now. We, apparently we do. Because uh, Daredevil's doing guys. the walk of shame now. What on um, earth are we watching? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, let, let's get to the end of this thing. So basically, like you guys said... It's time... For the end of the show. <laughs> yes. She gives him a pass because him being alive is going to make it so her people aren't just, you know, you call off your people, blah, blah, blah. Like Jack said, he's like, listen, we didn't lose. They're going to need us. You know, we, we came to that. So basically, all is right in the world right now. We have the Black Panther. That suit is sick. I like yeah. that suit. Yeah. 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 And what was cool to me about the suit at first because Killmonger was the one that had the gold on it. So yeah. something interesting about seeing gold on her Black Panther suit. It's like, I don't know which way you're going to. Well, <laughs> yeah. look at what yeah. her vision walk right. brought about too, though. And I, I said that about Michael B., but I do love the fact that it was Killmonger. I like, I like the decisions they had to make with the situation they were in. And every choice felt like it was still rooted in honesty. She subconsciously was seeking someone to allow vengeance and she found him. Um, what's interesting though, and then I'll get off this topic so we can wrap it up. When Killmonger saw his father, kind of like the vision he had when he took the herb in the ancestral plane, his father was in the apartment building and behind him there were bars on the window as if his father was in some sort of prison within the ancestral plane. Like he wasn't able to go forward. Yeah. And I kind of was like expecting something similar from Killmonger. I, I didn't see him sitting on a, a version of a throne in mm. that plane. Um, and I thought it was interesting that he didn't have a similar situation his dad did, where it's like, you're here, but it's clear you're in this prison. You're in a prison here. I don't know. You want to hear something cool? Hmm. In, that, uh, in that scene, there are the gold kind of spear-shaped columns with the Wakandian letters in them. Right. I made some of those. Ooh. Not 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 the okay. ones that are seen in that movie, but replica ones that are seen in other uh Wakanda Forever content. Can we just show Jack some love? Absolutely. Uh, thanks. 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 Thanks, brothers. Well done, Jack. That's dope. That's that's just dope to work on stuff like this and know that it's, you know, and it's just amazing, man. Every now and again, there's something really cool. And that was like, I knew it was cool when I was playing with it. Nice. Well freaking done. So we get to the end of the movie. Riri is told, you can't take the suit with you, but we're going to give you a car. <laughs> she gets her car back. You know, the car was yes, lost. She gets the, the Cuda with a 440 Magnum in it. The car, the car, that's a matching number's car. It's worth big bucks. Hello. 
I don't know what you just said right now. But it was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a non-hemi um, car, though. So that, that's the biggest thing you can get with that without a hemi, though. That's a non-hemi. That's what I. That's what I said. Yeah, the 440 Magnum's nasty, though. But go ahead. Sorry. Dirty. Yeah. I was saying words. <laughs> um, but she can't take this suit. Uh, so then maybe like in um, Armor Wars. No, she's. This is going to be an Ironheart series. Wherever she appears in next, we're probably going to see something a little bit sleeker. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe she get. Maybe she get in touch with um with uh, Stark Stark Tech or whatnot, and that's where maybe well, we'll get a little bit more story with that. Her and Don Cheadle, like we have War Machine here. Like yeah. we have, like I mean, I, she probably will be in armor. There's going to armor wars. I think is caused. Yeah, yeah. So she's going to be in that with him. Um. So then we kind of get her nice little send off in Umbaku. This part confused me. So they're at the waterfalls and like, you know, the, the, the king or queen apparently will come out and fight like we saw them fight in Black Panther 1. But yeah. if he comes out to challenge and he takes the throne, that's the Black Panther, though. Wait, but I was also confused why they called her princess. Yeah, or at that moment queen. in the film. That's she's, a good point, Jack. She's there the is no princess. She's nope. the queen she's in the that queen. moment. So why didn't they say maybe because she wasn't coronated yet, so she was still princess? Well, yeah. that's what I thought that thing okay. was. Interesting. But Umbaku showed up to challenge, he would have been nope. showing up to challenge her. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 But he knew she wasn't there. He said that's why he showed up right to challenge because now he can challenge with have a have a bloodless coup. Isn't that really cool? Doesn't, but doesn't he have to beat her? Now she's out there. I guess she's. But it seemed like no he one. was stepping in for, for her. Yeah, yeah. Now, and like everyone knew what was going on. I thought the yeah. scene that would have maybe been more appropriate was she stepped out of the ship because this is again this is ceremony and this is a a civilization that is so steeped in their traditions, and yet when the opportunity to challenge happens. Umbaku, who we know challenges everybody just for the sheer nature of challenging, doesn't in this moment. Because mm-hmm. um, this is a good leadership uh, position. He's happy with it. But instead, he stepped out, and I'm sitting here going, this is uh, this is odd. This is odd. But isn't uh, it hers to lose? It was odd. I don't yeah. know. I, I, I rolled my eyes. I thought they were going to pull that whole, you know, women can do everything. I'm like, there's no way this woman unpowered is going to beat Mbaku. Well, that's <laughs> why that's why no one would. That's why the only way for that scene to work is no one actually challenges her. They right. agree to this choice, and then you wouldn't need to have a ridiculous fight scene where she somehow wins. I don't know who he's fighting. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't know. Like, I don't know who. I didn't. I didn't. Maybe I missed something. I didn't see anything where they did. Because he did say I challenge. Yeah, right. so I think what's yeah. gonna happen. I, I think they had an agreement off screen. They. So, I think they try to imply they had an agreement off screen because they they were friends. They were looking. They did look to each other for guidance, and they respected each other. Right. Yes. And to add on that, because that's that's the point that I love about Mbaku, because Mbaku is now my favorite dude now. Yeah. But um, yeah. when when they were at the the mother's funeral. Mm-hmm. He came up to him and he was like, listen, my brother told me, uh, your brother told me to come and protect you and give you advice. So that's what he was doing. So I yeah. think he's kind of like an advisor to her. Do you think it's also a situation where. But he gave her, he also gave her really great advice. He said, you don't want to kill that guy because they consider him a god. god right. We'll have nothing but war for the rest of our existence. Right. Yeah. So do you think that maybe 
there could be a king who's not a Black Panther and a Black yes. Panther who's not a queen. Like she yes. can still be Black Panther and he yeah. can be king. Yes, that's exactly what we were supposed that's to be. That's kind of what. That's exactly how I interpreted it. Yes. Oh, interesting. Yep. I'm like I, I didn't see what else is there. If he challenged and he wins, but she's still the Black Panther. I don't know why she would vacate, or maybe she does doesn't want it. I don't. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't want it. Yeah. Maybe it was she just wanted it for that fight, and she's just I'm done. I don't know. She goes to Haiti, Chris. Sac passe. Yep. So, yeah, they, they she, definitely, she definitely kept the powers. Yeah, she definitely kept the powers. Right. So, yeah, she goes to Haiti, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump to the mid-credits scene because I want to talk about the name that they chose for the son. And I didn't see... I, I had to leave because the babysitter. So I didn't actually see it. I had to read about so it. So wow. they I introduce... Know. So Nakia brings in... I want you to meet... So she, she burns her ceremonial garb um, from her mother, kind of letting, showing that she lets go and she has kind of a moment to herself. The Kia comes in and is like, I want you to meet somebody. And they have a son named T'Challa. Now, uh, it's T'challa a shame you there. missed this scene, Lawrence, because on paper, my my eyes roll up into the back of my head. On screen, yeah, yo, they cast right. That kid yeah. in three seconds won me over. So yeah. his his Haitian name is Toussaint, which is Toussaint, Toussaint Louis. Yeah, which is the which is the the free slave who who liberated Haiti, who mm. sadly he actually died in prison. But uh but then he said, you know, my which is kind of appropriate that they named him that. And that's the MCU saying, not now, who knows how far later, but there will be a T'Challa who is Black Panther. Yeah. And that's exactly right. And that's mm. how that read to me. They're that's like, exactly it. we we have heard thought a lot about how to handle the situation. And we've heard everyone's concerns. And we agree. There can't be an MCU without Black Panther. So here, have faith. We're going to go another direction for a little bit to give people room to breathe and mourn and heal. And somewhere down the line, when it makes sense, we'll pick the mantle up again. Yeah. That's how it's felt. This movie did it right. Yes, yeah. did it right. Even the stuff that we had little issues about, it's like they're nothing. It's nitpicking because the movie was so good, right? Yeah, yeah. really, really yeah. didn't need the Iron Heart did in the not. movie. That's that was like the big thing in the film. It's like as much as I liked the performance, that whole that whole story plot arc, it really did nothing for the film. It didn't hurt it. It just didn't. But it didn't, didn't help it. If it's not helping yeah. it, then it's just distracting from the other stuff that is helping it. You know, her and, and, and trash, I'm, okay, I'm not going to say a trash suit. It's just not good. Like considering again, going back to what Lauren said, the tech that she had her hands on, it didn't look very good. Like, that it, joint it looks been like nanotech around. Right. Her. It should have been it. super sleek and just formed and just like. Whatever she needed to do with her mind, there shouldn't have been no punching, no keys or anything like that. It was just. Yeah, it was an odd blend because you saw the real low level suit in the garage. And then this is kind of like. Why would you make a suit like that with no helmet? Why would you fly yeah. around with no helmet? <laughs> Sorry. Who knows? Who knows? Um, it would have been cool if she had like an Iron Man helmet she bought and it just threw it on. Like, it's like, like, a, like, even cool. like, a, like she's a fangirl. It would have been dope. Um, yeah. So those are the yeah those are the things, but I'm I'm glad we have her here, and I'm I'm I don't know how else they would have brought her in. Probably wouldn't have been. You're not getting Donnie back to do anything. A little flashback where he was my IT professor. You're not getting any of that. So no. I don't know. Uh, what do you rate this, guys? I say eight and a half. Wait, what did you rate Black Adam? Eight, eight. 
<laughs> All right, I'll bump it up to nine for you, Lawrence. I'll give it a nine. I think you need to adjust your Black Adam score. Nah, I think we're my hands. I'll, 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 I'll bump it to nine. I'll give it a nine. <laughs> it's the best film. <laughs> no comment, Chris. Chris I got no comment. Um, oh, yeah, rate on emotions, man. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna get, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna take your score. I'm gonna give it an eight point five. Give this me an eight point five. I want to say nine. Was it the Batman? Was it Spider Man? No way home. Emotionally above and beyond. But like, if I, if I took out the emotional ramifications of why a huge part of this movie exists, movie for movie, does it beat those? Is it equal to those? Depth and complexity, Lawrence. Don't take out emotion. But you ha- you can't take out the depth and complexity of the story and the conflict in the movie. It's a nine, man. This is a nine for me. And they had the impo- and I, I do have to say they had the impossible task of making a film that was already written with a lead that unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Like there was so many this was they should have lost like, it shouldn't have been this good. There were so many reasons why this could have fell apart on them. And it didn't. It's a nine. Maybe it was my heart. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'll say this for a superhero film, it's as good as anything we've we've watched. It's uh, I mean, nothing's as good as uh, No Way Home. That movie is just if we're looking at superhero themed ratings, that's probably the ten, and this would definitely be the nine. If I'm looking at just films, it's still probably a solid eight. This thing. Holds its own. It doesn't need anyone or anything to piggyback off of. The acting is... I mean, some of the scenes are great. Especially that scene with Angela Bassett where she fires her guard. Dog. was like, yeah. when you, t- yeah. you turned your back on my son and I still took you back. Like, that scene was phenomenal. I, 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 I started welling up at her pain. That's what I'm saying. This movie, was, this movie was sick. This movie yeah. was good. From start to finish, good. Yes, there there's no in. moment in the MCU of that level of performance. Not to no, say we don't have actors no. who couldn't do it. The no, opportunity no. to have that scene just there's doesn't no, exist. There's no movie in the MCU that has the depth of this depth. movie. There's none. And, and, and the character, she's like, you turned your back on my son. You chose Killmonger. Yes. Mm. That's what and, I'm saying. And she oh. was still doing the right thing. It, it, it's Look, even doing the right thing is not doing the right thing. And there's consequences. Even when you try to do everything right, there's still negative consequences to everything in life. It's real only, world consequences. There's only been two Black Panther movies, and it's so rich, they can call upon their own content. They don't need to reach into Avengers. They don't need to reach yeah. into this. They're like, yeah. we can just dig into our own well pool. Yeah. It's only two movies long. Yeah. Man, that really I really cool. like the villain of this film, the antagonist. Like, they gave him, again, Chris, you're right. They just gave this film so much depth and richness and uh i I dug it so i would give it an easy eight without even trying i give it an easy eight plus 8.5 plus 18 divided by four point five you got 8.5 jack no, no, no. You, you oh, have two eight point fives and not. Wait, what'd you say? No, Rachel? I bought mine up to nine. I did mine. Yeah, but... I said eight point five. Oh, so eight point seven five. Is that where we're at? Yep, eight point seven five. Nine. Yeah. Yo, I want to say something. It was, it was like small, small detail. I don't know if anyone else picked it up. Every time the more 
came out of the water, he like fixed his hair. Yeah. <laughs> kind of just smoothed it back real quick. I don't know why I like that. Because usually, like usually, you think about it whenever like a superhero gets out of the water with something with perfect in the rain. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. like his hair was like matted down. He had to like, do a quick little flip back. I like that. I like. Yeah, and it's something that I don't notice, but it brings so much realism to this yeah. supernatural world. Like, yeah, you have to, you do have yeah. to do that because yeah. when you're on air, you're not perfect. It's a different in the water. It's not an issue, but when yeah. I come up to here to your world, mm-hmm. I got the, the attention yeah. to detail in the film was so was great. Like even when Shuri's getting out out of the water, in, oh, and oh, and yeah. but then her dress has was dry. dry. Yeah, right. My mind up. I was like, it was very cool. It was so subtle (laughs) that it was like, but it was so intentional. It was very cool. Yeah, was that was dope, man. We like this movie, and yes, we can nitpick it. We can nitpick anything, and our nitpicks are barely even nitpicks. Um, this movie hits in so many ways, and they did the impossible task, like I said, of having to pivot the hardest pivot, the pivot no one ever wants to do. In just your life, they had to deal with it. Um, this movie honors Chadwick Boseman. It celebrates the character of T'Challa. It allowed us as an audience to mourn together in a theater to grieve and celebrate this man's work. Chef's freaking kiss. So that's it for this wonderful movie. Chris, do we have any recommendations? Yeah, this was a tough one. So... Mm. Thank you, Jack. This was a tough one. I... uh I'm trying to think. I was trying to think of movies that had. I like the idea of having a villain that wasn't really a villain, an antagonist that Ooh. wasn't a villain. Mm-hmm. I tried to pick movies that where you kind of didn't have that. So I tried depth, to, like yeah, Gruber. yeah. What Hans? Hans depth to these antagonists. Yeah. So I picked a couple movies where there's like not a clear line between who's really good and who's really bad. So one movie I picked was Pulp Fiction because kind of everyone's they're all bad. bad. Yeah, <laughs> they're, all bad. they're all kind of yeah. bad, but there's no there's no real distinction between the antagonist or the protagonist. Well, I will say the dudes that tried to <laughs> kidnap and rape Ben Rames were they're the bad guys. I can't speak for all the characters, but for a large majority <laughs> of characters, yeah. Fair. Um, Obviously, we have Black Panther because we talk about Killmonger all the time. So we we spoke about it in the in the in the, in the thing. Watchmen's another one where Osmanius, I can always say his name wrong. Mm. He actually ended up being he doing the right thing for the world, even He's though the Thanos. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and the last one I have is kind of a controversial one, but it's the Matrix. We actually created the machines, and they're just trying to live. So are they really bad? Wouldn't you say the same thing about Terminator? In my yeah. mind, Terminator yeah. is just a prequel to The Matrix. Right? Yeah. Hmm. True. Uh, honorable mention, Giant. though. Give it. Let me hear. Michael Shannon. Yeah, you can. You can You can say that. Yeah. Well, then I have. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I no, Michael so, Shannon yeah. in Man of Steel, you understood him. You I maybe didn't him. agree with him, but you understood him. He had depth. As a matter of fact, his character made more sense than Henry Cavill's in that film. Hey, careful. Okay. No, I'm serious. Don't, Henry don't Cavill mean. never tried to like remove the fight from civilian population. He was just Jack, taking we're not gonna do, we're oh, not gonna go no, it, was, it was Michael Shannon's character who was trying to take the fight out of the town. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. 
I feel like I want to add something, but I don't have nothing. It's tough. It was a tough list to make this week. Thanos. Yeah, you can say Thanos, but yeah, he could. But Thanos, yeah, sorta. I mean, Thanos was more more depicted as as a as a bad guy. Bad guy, though. He did, but I don't know. Mustache swirled a bit here and there. He did. He did. But his character had so much depth that even in the What If series, he's a good guy. It's true. I don't use the What If series to. And neither did Marvel, which was the problem with the Doctor Strange movie. Because you had this great content you could have pulled from. And what are you doing? I think I'm um, great freaking show, gentlemen. Yes. Great t-shirt, man. Jack is wearing a Stanley as the Watcher freaking t-shirt. Who I believe Stanley is the Watcher of the MCU. Yeah. Um, yo, so that's our show. If you enjoyed it, make sure you leave a review. It helps with the algorithm. Tell a friend about it. We also on YouTube. Check us out. We got so many reviews. We got uh, unboxings. We got comic books. We got everything on YouTube. Check us out. Gameplay. We're also on TikTok and Instagram. We are everywhere geeks ought to be. All the Jigamajamas. What? The Jigamajamas, Rich. Don't you know we got them? We got them, George. We'll be back. Same bad time, same bad channel. You boy headed evil woman. Peace.